is Shanae and Tamika, and you're listening to I Hear You. <laughs> you hear me? You hear me? You hear me? <laughs> nah. We are recording on financial literacy because Shanae is a guru. So you'll teach everybody everything. We're teaching. Well, I'm teaching myself. I don't know. This is some kind of. I think that I I have a fair amount of financial literacy. Financial practice is another story. (laughs) Like, yes, I understand the principles, but actually um, applying them? No, I would not say so. Gotcha. That's something I've been doing since I met you. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. So. Before we get started, we have like an impromptu guest because my cousin's here while we are recording. You want to say hi? <laughs> Nikki waved. She waved, y'all. <laughs> so say, say. She don't want y'all to hear her voice. Just waved. But anywho, um, so what was financial literacy like in your household growing up? Because that's always the best place to start. Yes, we know that this is your theory <laughs> for life. <laughs> um... Growing up, my parents are big extroverts, um, Mm -hmm. and they're really into fun. Actually, like, our relationship reminds me of my parents so much. Um, Just the way that, like, we were were always trying to do something fun and exciting or be around family, and they're very much like that. Just a a big focus on family and fun. Mm -hmm. And so I think for them, that just left it up to, well, okay... I have this money and I could just, you know, focus it all on bills, but that would make me miserable. So I'm going to pay as many bills as I can. And I'm also going to put, you know, some money towards entertainment. And I remember my mom saying like, sometimes, um, her money might go towards the bills. And then like my dad's, you know, money would go to like, towards the entertainment, just like sometimes that they would like plan it that way to just. Did y'all pick up in the minivan and go drive down? 95 to different places. <laughs> we were on 95 all the time. Oh, like, goodness. that is, like, I just remember being on 95 all the time. Or, you know, <laughs> like, 3 o'clock in the morning coming back from a place in Philly when we were driving back to Delaware. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, we would be driving, like, getting home late from wherever we went because they would stay out all night and it would drive me crazy. But, like, <laughs> they would do things like just pop up at school um, and be like, on a Friday... It picked me up from school earlier with my sisters, and then we would go, you know, to, like, Atlantic City or something like that for yeah. fun. But I remember, like, you know, just full disclosure, like, at one point our house went into foreclosure when mm-hmm. we lived in, Del- in Delaware. And, like, I have my own perception of it, but I remember, like, knowing that it was in foreclosure and, like, they, like, explained what would happen. And in my head, I just was like, you know, well shouldn't we like be not buying anything <laughs> like I want to stay here in Delaware and so I mean like that the the as far as like what happened or why like you know that's their story but just as a child I think the impact that that made is like I didn't want to experience that again and it's like wow they really worked so hard to buy this house and now we're losing it it, it also created like some kind of fear like it's like I don't know if I want to I don't know in a, in a way, it created a fear that I don't want to work so hard for something and then lose it. Yeah. Um, but you have to work past those things. Eventually. Yeah. I think from my experience, like, I... My mom, to this day, can't hold on to a dollar. So, therefore... <laughs> um, but 
but the way I explain it when I like humanize my mother, um, I think about the fact that like when she was younger, she was very close to her dad, my grandfather, and he would like just throw her money all the time. So my mom was always working. I was born in the project. So first of all, mom, your rent was not a lot. So why do we have like, you know, things getting cut off? But my mom relied a lot on her parents um, when I was younger. More so her dad, just because he would like give her money whenever he saw her. Um, and she would depend on that until my grandfather passed um, shortly after we moved into my grandmother's house. Um, my grandmother's house had a house fire and then they bought another house. So we moved in. We moved there. The rent wasn't expensive. It could not be what the mortgage was. But somehow, that house was always up for share or sell. Like, I would literally be looking at a paper randomly because I, you know, was a studious child and I read the newspaper. Yeah. And our house would be in it. <laughs> like, it was like, yep, that's your house, Tamika. Um, or after my grandmother passed, like, my aunt would try to get my mom to pay rent and she wouldn't pay it. And, like, it, it was this cycle of my mom not knowing how to maintain you know, your bills and finances and make sure your kids feel like they're loved and can go out. Mm -hmm. um, as well as, like, be an adult. Like, and me and my mom, we still talk about it to this day. Like, it's it's no secret at all. Um, I also, from my mom's perspective, she was... My dad was around, but my mom was a single mother. My mom was raising us. She relied on herself for us, for the most part, once her parents passed. And so, it was a lot of just one income. Like, my mom, she's not a college graduate. She's went to college. Um, she has her, I think it's CDA, whatever you do to work with kids. She has that. Um, has worked with kids all her life. Worked, you know, um, minimum wage jobs. A little bit over minimum wage. But I remember one, one thing that was really, like, important or enhanced my understanding of finances was when I was maybe a senior or freshman in college and I was making more than my mom minimum wage watch like I was because I had been at my job for a few years um and I was making more than my mom on an hourly basis and I was like holy crap like so if I'm bringing in this income and I could hold on to it a little bit why like why are things still being shut off so um that's where I come from I don't have this like you know oh my gosh yeah savings were important I did not really travel as a child the first time I went out the country I paid for it myself type of stuff um but it's not to a, to me, it's not to a fault of my mom. It was a fault of like lack of knowledge and awareness. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my experience with that. And I think that's why I'm so crazy about finances now because I went through a period of time where I was, you know, spending recklessly. Every time I got paid, I was buying clothes that I did not need at all. Um, and I was buying clothes or, you know, buying cheap clothes and then having to rebuy clothes. And it was just like, this is stupid. It's, it's a cycle at this point. Um, so, yeah, that was my experience with that. I hear you. I think... You hear me? I do. I hear you, Tamika. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... I definitely get what you're saying about the, the impact of, like, spending. I think that my mom tried to teach us, but I knew she was spending money, yeah. like, to go on. Like, I would be watching her, like, at the gas station, and I remember asking her one time, she put out her card... And I was like, are you using a credit card? You know what I mean? <laughs> and she said, no, this is my debit card. You know what I mean? But I think, like, just after we lost the house, I think in my mind I tried to become, like, more frugal in, in 
And I think I yeah, I still am today. Like, yeah. I really just don't spend a lot on anything unless mm-hmm. it's something, like, some kind of electronic. Yeah. And it will it might be, like, a TV or some kind of speaker or something, and it'll be something very specific. But for the most part, I don't spend a lot. I also, you know, we've been working on a savings plan, and mm-hmm. that's been fun. So I like where I am now. Um so what has your experience been like as an adult since we talked about our parents mm-hmm. a lot of our childhood experiences we talked about our parents but what is your experience in college like i did have a credit card that did not go well sad <laughs> i started off right away man Yo. now see i my youth pastors they told me what to do they did tell me the right thing i'm not okay. gonna lie i was like 19 yeah and they told me you know just use it for your phone bill and pay it every month <laughs> i really can't remember what happened but whenever it was time to actually pay it, it, it never happened. I never paid it. <laughs> and it definitely went on my credit for a minute. And then it disappeared. And that was a long time ago. Oh, it just disappeared. It's not, it's not on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's gone. And I only have, I have about a thousand, I will share, you know, I have about a thousand dollars in credit card debt. and Which I don't think is bad as all, at yeah, all. No. Like, you know, no, there's something very doable to mm-hmm. pay off. Um... I think with car notes, with the thing, so I had one car, but my, when my car broke down, I needed to get another one. Yeah. And I needed to get one quickly. So, um, that was a bit hard. So as an adult, I think, I think the challenge was I left home and I could have stayed a bit longer, um, just to be. Listen, this is a black, um, household. When you're 18, you out, go away, <laughs> buy, you're an adult, you can plan for your, you can do everything yourself at 18. Yes, that's what they tell Said us. Said all black parents. That's what they tell us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think those were the struggles. And then, yeah. so basically, the lessons that would have been easier to learn while I was at home, mm-hmm. I had to learn them, you know, in my apartments or things like <laughs> that. Um, and just eating that trauma. Trying to figure things out. Spam sandwiches was. Ew, oh my god! Ew. I don't like no ramen. I don't think I, I mean, ever had no spam sandwich. Cheap food to buy. It tastes like hell. You put it on some bread, <laughs> and then you could like butter both sides, put it in a, in a pan, and then flip. I was all right with that. Oh, that's nasty. I'm just saying, ramen is like. Oh, that's sodium. I stopped eating it in college. I promise. I don't eat ramen, but... I mean, I don't eat Spam sandwiches either, but that's what I used to eat. You eating good now, girl? Get it? Yeah, yes. business. You <laughs> So, my experience um, in college, those credit cards, oh my God. First of all, why on earth did I get them? I had a Victoria's Secret, a Maurice's. I went to... Um, I don't know where Maurice's is around in these parts, but it's in, like, central Pennsylvania. But, um, <laughs> Victoria's Secret Maurice's, and what was the other one? Old Navy. I had Old Navy, like, twice. They gave it to me twice. Like, once, and it went into credit co- collections, and then I paid it off, and then they gave it to me again. And now, every time I go to Navy trying, I'll be like, nope, because I can't responsibly <laughs> handle it. No, thank you. But I had all of them, and at one point, all of those things went into collections. Because I didn't know. But also, why was my interest rate like 20%? Let me ask you this because I know you have an answer. So why Always. do you feel like it's important to share your difficulty? Because yeah. like, I know we're going to get to a point where we're talking about like you know where we are now, what we're working on mm-hmm. now. And we just watched this documentary about finances. So like, what is your whole focus and your deal with you know talking about what you did wrong? 
you got to make it realistic for people. Like, I can't preach. Before I tell y'all how great I am at savings now and all these plans that we got and all that fun stuff, I got to say the parts that I went through of, like, having 20% interest on my credit card and how that screwed me over and how I should have never gotten any of those cards because I didn't have... It wasn't because I had bad credit. I didn't have any credit. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, I should have actually built it with a secure credit card or something like that. But I say it because oftentimes people will glorify where they are without telling you how they got there. And that stuff is painful. Like, sis got a repo, what, a year and a half ago? My car was repossessed. In my head, it was voluntary because I stopped making the payments because it was expensive. And I'll get to that in a minute. But if I don't tell you that and people see me traveling now, they're like, oh, wow, Tamika's parents told her this. No, 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 no. I did it myself. And a and bunch of Facebook through, groups. You went through rough roads to get <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly. It's I, okay. I get that because it also, like, it kind of gives people the impression that you have to be perfect. Or you have to live yeah, this perfect life. And, and you have to get it right the very first time. Thanks for being an example to people because I can't do it. That's too hard for me. <laughs> I don't, like, I'm not that open, you know, publicly. I like to talk about theories and ideas. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I can't wait till we talk about the documentary and just what I think about it. And I can tell you my opinions, but like the personal side of things, like a lot of that for me, like the finances also ties into career. And I feel like even though I went to, to school, I got my bachelor's and then I also have some master's um, courses and I didn't complete my master's program like that stuff. I'm still working on that. Yeah. I'm not at a place where I'm done that I I won't say lesson but it's like it's still in progress yeah. and I don't when I'm going through something or I'm I'm still in progress I don't like to talk about it. I want to talk about it when I'm done. Then I can tell you the hard parts and what it felt like but while I'm in the middle of it it's like, you know, let me let me just be on my journey. Yeah. I when you say it, I'm like smiling big cuz I'm like if you really trust the process, you know you're going to come out on top. I know so I'm there's no reason top, but... to like hold that to me, my my experience yeah is there's no reason to hold that information in. But also, I've been on the receiving end of people holding some stuff in, in <clears throat> my master's program, and I think we already talked about that and how much I hated that. Like, people glorified it so much. And so when I saw my mentors glorifying, um, you know, I got my degree in student affairs, they glorified that thing. They were like, you're going to be great. You can do this. Oh, my gosh. And when I got in there and that thing almost caused me a nervous breakdown when I was a professional, that's horrible. Because I'm like, well, if my mentor could do it, I can't call them crying because then it's like, dang, did I fail them and all these things. So it's very important for me to be transparent because I know what it's like not to have all the information and somebody was not transparent with you. Like, there's a whole group on people who leave student affairs and how crappy it is. But don't nobody talk about that. They're like, go into it. You be great. I I hear what you're saying. (laughs) I appreciate you and I'm sure that other people do too. (laughs) I thank you. Me personally, it's... It's not, it's not my bag, but I feel like um, people definitely didn't share with me. And I think a, a lot of, I'll say in a, a one particular church I went to, is like there was a whole lot of focus on prosperity mm-hmm. and financial freedom and what you can buy and what you wear and, you know, your makeup and your whatever it else it is, you know, your nails and things like that. And it that creates like a pressure to live a lifestyle yeah. that you may not have been prepared for. Or, or you, you may might, not have even wanted. You may not have <laughs> wanted and you might need to be doing some other things before you get there. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think that was there was also a period of that and that was after college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like I probably could have been in, in a better position had I not like spent, you know, that five or, or six year period just in that 
that community that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And so, but, and I think the other part, like where I'm coming from is like, I don't want to blame anybody. Like I'm responsible and I'm an adult mm-hmm. and I have to take responsibility for the mistakes I made and work it out. But do you take responsibility in the midst of your process though? Like, have you taken responsibility for the things that you've gone through or you're going through right now? And if you have, why can't you share it? Or have you not fully taken responsibility of it? I feel like I have taken responsibility. It's still, the details are still <laughs> nobody's business. They look, I mean, it's, and I'm also not fair, a nosy though. person. That's like, fair, I don't though. go up to people asking them, you know, a bunch of questions about their life. I just, it's, you know, it's a give and take. It's just not mine. I think I also for me, I've, as a first generation college student, mentorship has been very important to me. And so information sharing was always very important to me. And this is an area where I'm like, listen. Sis had a whole repo a year and a half ago, like, and I'm still, I'm gonna talk about it. So, um, when I, I moved to upstate New York, I had a little Dodge neon little thing that I paid like, no, I think my dad bought that car actually. Um, so I think one of us bought it. It was really cheap, kept breaking down kind of thing. Um, and the winter was coming. So I was like, Oh, I need a real car because I was living in upstate New York and winter gets crazy. So I ride down, I tell my dad, I had like $500 to put down on the car. Listen, I should have never walked into that Dodge dealership. Like, I did not belong there at all. I should have gotten rid of my car and took the bus back and forth to Scranton or wherever, when have you. I didn't do that. And I also, my dad is not really this, like, outspoken person. So if I say I want to do something, he is assuming I read, I did the research. I learned that about him <laughs> during that time. Because... So he, we get in there, he knows the guy. So the guy gives me a little bit more for my little Dodge Neon than it's worth. But the kicker was my credit, because again, I had a few of those credit cards and things like that, um, was paying them off or had paid them off by that point. And my credit just wasn't there. It was probably in like the five somethings. Didn't nobody want to give me a loan. We were in there for about three hours. And it was because they kept running my credit. All those, like, that whole three hours. Every bank that man called pulled my credit. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I had, like, 14 different inquiries on my credit report. They just kept pulling it, kept pulling it, kept pulling it. Nobody wanted to give me a a loan. He couldn't negotiate it. So he's like, oh, we're still working on it. Three hours, da-da-da. I knew what car I wanted. I wanted the Dodge Journey. It was a 20, I think, 2017 maybe? Mm-hmm. 2016 to 2017. I bought it in 2017, so it was a 2016 Dodge Journey. Um, and so when he came back, he was like, this is what the breakdown's going to be. I didn't know nothing. I just knew I had $500 to put down, and my car payment was going to be $634 per month. When he said that, my dad looked at me and said, can you afford it? I said, yes. That was the end of the conversation. My dad did not say, hey, baby girl, are you sure? None of those things. And this is not to blame my dad at all because I totally put myself in that hole. Um, So I walked away that day with the Dodge Journey and I drove right to Philly because I had something to do. (laughs) Um, But in the end, once I got back to New York where I was only making about $34,000 because I was live on staff. And so I had free apartment, free meals, all that stuff. And once I got back there and I'm trying to now pay off my debt, that $634 a month became a lot, like a whole lot of money. Um, I ended up moving back to Philly, didn't have a job for about three months or or no, probably like two months or so. And I was like, no, I called them and I was like, listen, I can no longer afford this car. I don't even want it. Um, By that time, I was working at a job where I wasn't even driving. I was commuting to work on the train. 
And I called them, they're like, that's not how it works. We can't do it. So I was like, listen, this is where the car is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep driving until y'all pick it up. How about that? Because I was just like, I can't do it. So on my credit, it will hit as a repo. I settled with them. Um, I still owe like 20-something thousand on the car. Like, it was wild. When I saw the breakdown of the numbers, they sold it for eighteen, and then 15000 happened, something like that. I settled with them for 7000 um, in 2018. And so, end of January, I'll be finally done paying it off. I'll, and then it's going to hit my credit. There's going to be a whole nother ball game. But all of that to say that, number one, I didn't do my research. Number two, I ain't have no business buying no brand new car. Don't buy a new car. It's not worth it. I promise you. It's just not worth it. That's my... Um, opinion because i don't know much about cars and i just don't think it's <laughs> worth it but um and so like now i'm gonna have to figure that out after the fact i currently thank goodness don't have credit card debt because when i did move back to philly my aunt let me stay there and it was just hella cheap and i always say i'm never gonna say it because then my cousin's gonna want her to do the same thing no i'm kidding but <laughs> um she let me stay there for really cheap so i was able to pay down credit card debt so i don't have the credit card debt but i do have that like repo over my head um, but, but I think that was the biggest mistake I've made. I hear you. Your credit score jumped up pretty fast, though, so you're fine. Mm-hmm. And you still plan on what? If you say so. Go ahead. I don't think it took that long. Even mine. I don't I don't think it takes long at all to, like, fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just persistence and just doing it on time. Is you, know, you basically you look at it, you look at what needs to be done, and then you, you hit it. Yeah. Um... So, what adjustments have you made to, like, implement, not us as a couple, because we're going to talk about that, but what adjustments have you made to, like, implement, like, financial literacy? Because you're saying, like, your parents didn't not tell you, but they didn't tell you, like, everything. So, like, what do you do I as think, an adult? Um, I did have a friend um, that that gave me like information about like she pulled my credit score she said oh you need to do these these this pay these things um and this will help you you know i did at the church they did have a what's that guy's name it was some class of course so i learned some things i'm just saying like these were dave ramsey these are the times like and then in college we had to take a personal finance course so like (laughs) was this before or after you got the credit card what this was during i had the credit Uh, card in college the first one and i mean like i don't think i did bad with credit card debt at all like even that one like that was able to be fixed i guess by Mm -hmm. the time period the very first credit card i have the ones i had before like there were two and they each were like five hundred dollars and you know you just settle on those and then that goes away um i think as far as like the implementing what i'm what i've been kind of like focused on now is basically making more um well thought out decisions like now i i know like even if i was single my plan would be you know play those two pay off those two credit cards um my car is in really good standing and i like my car so i plan on keeping it (laughs) um i won't be buying i did buy my car brand new um which i made that decision based on the fact that I needed a car immediately yeah, and you were with commuting. Right. And yeah. with the banks, like they didn't want to finance an older car. They only wanted to finance a new car. So I mean that's not a decision I would make again. Mm-hmm. And I think savings is the other things so I want to save up. So when I'm able to when I'm ready to get another car, I'm gonna get used ones. I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna read everything and research it. 
excuse me, when it comes to the other thing would I want to buy a house. Like, even if we weren't together, I would be wanting to buy a house. Why are you talking about if you want to Because you said not to talk about what we're doing together. So, nothing yes. else you could say to me. We were still together while you was talking about you. About that. I'm just saying, I would want to <laughs> buy a house and rent it out. Wait, tell them what kind of single house you want. What do you like mean? Like, if you was just by yourself, what kind of house you going to buy? Was, that's different. <laughs> if I want, because I want to rent a house out because I want to have tenants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if it's like half of the house, because my whole thing, you know, when we're talking about financial literacy, my whole thing is I want to be able to make money in my sleep. And I don't really care what it is as long as it's making money. That's, that's not my, what I was talking about. You want a one story, like one floor house. You, you okay. Yes. When I was single. And I didn't plan on being with anybody. I wanted a house that was on one floor. I just think it's funny. I don't think it's funny I think at it's all. So funny. I was gonna buy that house because you know I could see myself being in that house when I'm like 65. So it's gonna be my house for forever. I'm pretty much an introvert, so people could come visit, but they can't stay long. And that's how it works. He was gonna have this whole like with a yard and a barbecue. A yard and, and a barbecue and my dog. Aww. That, that was really cute. And the lady friend could come over and she could leave. <laughs> that's what I wanted. It was my little bachelorette pad. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I think it's cute. Now, I want a triplex, okay? <laughs> so we can live on one floor and have two tenants that live on another floor. So our credit got to be right and we got to save. That's my plan. That's all it is. That's all I got to say. Bam. Your turn. With your smile right now is really funny. No, because I think... I thought that was all you had to say. Tamika, go ahead. What what did, what did you learn? You always... And you crack me up because you always got to tell people what you learned. Come on. I do. It. Bring it. Stop. So much pressure. I can't. Um, what did I learn? I So, the one thing I learned from my friend who... His parents are pretty wealthy. Um, and I've learned... Number one, I've learned a whole lot from him. Like, I learned that I shouldn't have a credit card with 20% interest rate. I learned, like, when I got my car, he was like, what's your interest rate? You pay what per month? That's when I was like, oh, dang, I messed up. Um, but I should have called him when I... I should have went to the dealership with him. That's what I should have did. But um, I learned his parents do their budget in advance for a year. Mm-hmm. I learned that. And when I learned that, I was like, oh, I could do that. And so for the last probably, like, four years or so, um, I've been doing my budget a year in it. No, not four years. That's a lie. Probably about three years. This may be year three. Um, I do my budget a year in advance. So I'll plan out my paychecks. I'll plan out what bills are due when. Um, Another thing I do is pay bills before they're due. um, Unless there's only one and that's the phone bill. That's the one like a automatic withdrawal. So aside from that, like I'll plan. I don't know how to explain it. So I'll figure out another way to do it. But I plan out when like the rent's coming out my paycheck. When's the phone bill coming out? When's like, you know, that little settlement from my repo coming out? All those things. So that um, I'm not hit with a whole bunch of bills at once. Um, And it frees up money. It does a whole lot of things. And it's super helpful. And I like it. And it makes me happy. So I've already done my most of my um, calendar for the 2020 year for our budget. Um, so that's something that de- I definitely do. Um, I also stop shopping as much. Like I really don't need clothes and all these other things. So I stop shopping as much to the point where when I do spend money, I go a little crazy in terms of like 
hmm, did I really need that? Hmm. Like, I remember we went to Target um, and I spent like $50, even though I had deals, we got back a $10 gift card because I was on their app and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, did I really need to spend that $50? And the receipt's still on the refrigerator because I look at it. <laughs> it is still up there because wow. it, it just blows my mind that I spent $50. I, mean, I think you are <laughs> an emotional spender. I'm messing with you guys. <laughs> Your face was, right now was like, damn, what I do? In my head, I was like, damn, I'm going to have to add the crickets again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you good. good. No, I think like... I really you, am. Because I remember that day, like, you were just in a mood. You were really happy and excited. Yeah. And you were like, okay, we're going to get these matching night clothes. <laughs> and then um, they turned out to be really cute. But you did get us to save money and you got us that $10 back, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And it took forever. Actually. Which is why I don't do coupons, but it worked out. We bought two sets of matching pajamas. We only wore one. Can we take the other one back? Because I still got my receipt. Tamika, I don't want to talk about <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Stay focused. Because I want to get to the documentary. <laughs> to me, that I was know. the most fun. But the documentary is part two. Okay, so as a couple, number one. What? I handle it because I'm better at math. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is that I love finances and planning. Sinead's more conservative than I am. Like you're let you're so like I'm, much better at not spending than I am. Well, it was my idea since you wanted to point. Which was out, your what was your idea for you to be in charge um, of the finances? I feel like so like about a year ago when we moved to a certain part of PA, mm-hmm. um, like it's a, it's a bit nicer than Philly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was in the county. We moved there. It was it was definitely more expensive as yes. well, and like we had talked about buying a house. <laughs> excuse me, but we weren't saving any money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it like really frustrated me. And so then we decided, you know, finally we decided to move back to Philly. Um, in a place that's like in the studio to save mm-hmm. more money. Um, and I decided in my head, like, okay, well, Tamika is a big part of our relationship. And if I can she get said, her. She said Tamika is a big part of our relationship. <laughs> if I can. Who's the other part of your relationship? If I can give you all the responsibility for like saving, it'll like really help us. And it did. Oh, so you just want to, you just patted yourself on the back 20 times. No, because you had to point it out that you was in charge. So I wanted to let people know why you were in charge. You spend more money anyway. So if I put responsibility on you, then you'll be more focused on making sure everything is good. Which you have, man. And actually, Tamika went crazy. Tamika got (laughs) two savings plans. Yes. And she found them somewhere on the internet. And basically, they're charts. Imagine that multiplication table yes. in the back of your your little composition book. But instead, it's just a bunch of numbers with dollar sign amounts. Mm-hmm. So it really has nothing to do with multiplication. But it's just like a grid. And we pick two. Per week. Per week. Per person. Per person. Per plan. Which is, I think... Very extreme, but it gets the job done. And I knew you would do some crazy stuff just like that. <laughs> so I'm glad I know you well, yeah. and we are well on our way to yeah. saving things up. So the grid one um, that Shanae's talking about, that is 52 weeks, I think. Um, so in a year, you're supposed to be able to save $1,000 for the grid one. However, ours is going to take like... It'll take six... We'll have $1,000 in six months because we're both doing it. 
No, I. It's less than. It's three months. In three months. Yeah, it's less because we're both we're doing four per week. Right. So you y'all do the math, but I'm better at math. But y'all do the math. Um, the so it's going to be one. very quick. The other one is um, fifty two weeks, but we're doing it in twenty six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't gonna tell y'all that amount because people crazy but (laughs) it's it's a more rigorous one and more um substantial Mm -hmm. in terms of saving so So but that one does not start until the first so we do it per week um we're both going to um contribute one amount per week the other one the other one is smaller though the highest amount is like 50 something dollars and we like we're about to knock that one off so it's like it's not bad the other one, because it could be so small, it could be like $6 and $6, 6 and 4 6 and something else. You get to ch- pick and choose mm-hmm. um, because I think it is just more, it's more fun that way to like have ownership over it. But in terms of how we do things financially now, number one, we have to make sure that we're having fun. Like we're not like, we're not like I used to, at one point I would get my account down to zero because I needed to do that. And now there's been a bit more money just like floating and sitting there and that's okay. You you need to get your account down to zero. What does that mean? That means that I've paid all of my bills. I've budgeted out all of my bills. They've all gone somewhere. And, um, I've given myself like spending money. I have, like, my gas money. Like, I just got to know where everything is going. Everything has a place. Yes, everything has to have a place because Tamika doesn't do good with too much freedom. Um, (laughs) So that's what that looked like for me. But now, I think what I learned from you is that, like, you don't want to be sad doing this. You don't want to be like, oh, my God, we don't have money. Yeah, like, and we don't do that. So I had to learn that because some of the things I wanted to do was more strenuous in the beginning. But I had to learn, like, to... There's some flexibility there. Like, it's okay. I think a big part of, like, the change we made is what we spend on food. Yeah. And what we spend out on yeah. food. Because I, I, we save so much just eating home, especially mm-hmm. since we tried to go keto. Like, even though we, we, don't, we never have been, like, I think completely keto. Maybe, like, the first week we did. <laughs> you know, it's off and on, but at least we, we do a lot of grocery shopping. And so that saves us a lot more money. And our relationship with food is a bit different. Mm -hmm. So even if we do spend out a lot, it's not as satisfying to eat. Like, I had a cheesesteak today, and I was definitely disappointed. I was like, why I do this to myself? This was silly. You know, it wasn't, it's not like an addiction to the food where it's like you got to have it, and then you're eating it over and over and over and over again. And we talked in the beginning about how, because of just, you know, dynamics of our living situations at a certain point. We were eating, we were, like, using food as a, like, um, what is it called? What is it called? A coping mechanism. I would not call it a coping mechanism. (laughs) We were using it to, like... Go on dates and things like that. So, connection, yeah. Use some some open mechanism. You, you hilarious, I like food. Uh, Yeah, you do. But you also like good food. And so it's like food that make you feel gross. I don't know. Like you said, our relationship with food is different. So I think that's pretty dope. It helps, but it impacts our finances. It definitely you know, does. Because we're not, we're not going out to eat just to, I don't know, to feel better or something yeah. like that. So yeah. We'd rather stay home and cook, you know, in our air fryer. And I can have my own chicken wings. You know, with mm-hmm. with the blue cheese, I like. Um, but shameless, like it is what it is. I totally um ate out today, but when I was talking to my cousin, I was like, "This is the third time since I've been here. We can't do this again. I need to go grocery shopping." 
Um, so I think just our, why did I make that voice? I don't know. Because that's how I sound sometimes in my head. I'd be like, no. Okay, cool. But anywho, so we, the reason we were doing this is because we started watching this documentary called Playing With Fire. Shanae, what does fire stand for? Man, financial. I don't know what the I is. I'm going to make up stuff. Independence. Retire early. Near. Oh, is it R? What the I stand for, Nikki? Dang it. We don't know. We don't need to know. Financial intelligence. Retire early. What? You made that up. <laughs> is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. Boo. I retained that information. But we started watching this documentary, which I do suggest y'all watch because it's just an interesting perspective, even though I don't know. I don't know that I agree with all of it. So, well, the, the things that I want to point out, I think, so I don't know if we gave a good enough summary, but the documentary is about... Um, just they kind of interview a bunch of different people throughout the 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 show mm-hmm. that retire early. They tell you what what how old they were when they retired, um, and then they focus on this one couple who wants to implement these practices. So they end up living with their parents at certain times. They want the the husband quits his job, um, and then they talk about those experiences. They go on where where we left off in the documentary. It said that they have about five years until they'll be able to retire, mm-hmm. and they have a daughter, so that also impacts their finances. Yes, but it like just a lot of the things, a, a couple of things that they said. I feel like we already resonate. Like when he talked about when they talked about wanting to have enough time to really enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Um time to spend with their family or with their daughter not wanting to be focused on money so much that they give their time to a stressful job because for me that's just like out of the question hell no i'm not going to work all these hours for a job and be stressed out just for some change because that's not fun um i think the parts where we differ there's there's this one part where the husband is talking to his brothers and he's trying to convince them to go ahead and do fire. And the brother is like, well, I like my job, you know, and I don't mind working. And I think that that part, like, I agree with. I, The times when I wasn't working this past six months, like, I did do, I did get a, a bit more creative. But I wanted to work, mm-hmm. which it was a little bit confusing. It was like, okay, well... I quit my job, you know, and now I'm not working, but now I want to go back to work. And I think it wasn't just about boredom, but it was also had to do with purpose. And so I feel like that's something that we didn't see them really talk about in the documentary is like, okay, what is, what is, I don't want to say what's your life purpose, but what purpose do you have for this time other than fun and family? And if there's nothing substantial that you want to do with your time, then that can feel unfulfilling. Yeah. I think for me, I'm, I'm definitely picking it apart and I know what I'm doing that for a show. Like I'm definitely picking it apart, um, for the sole purpose of like thinking about the variations of people and the levels of, um, understanding they have about finances. So there's a lot of reasons why people don't, you know, commit to changing their financial lifestyle. And a lot of it has to do with knowledge, experience, um, you know, fear, 
uh, childhood experiences, all of these different things, trying to keep up with Joneses, all those things have to do with the way a person thinks about money. And so from the get, the, the wife was like, I like my job. <laughs> and he was like, but what if you don't like it in five years? <laughs> and I was, but she said she likes it. So don't tell someone they don't have to work or that working is bad because our country is founded on work. <laughs> That's never mind. Never mind. I'm sorry, y'all. I mean, that's a whole nother story. A whole nother story. That's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to get at there's no way that any will be ever, this country will ever be at a point where people could just like mosey around and not work. It's just not going to happen. And so with that principle, you can't expect that everybody's going to want to not work. When he was talking to those young men and they were like, what else would I do? He was like, what if you had enough bank, uh, money in your bank account and you didn't have to work? He was like, I'd want to get up and work. Like, I would go to work still. So it's just like understanding that everybody does not have the same goal. But if you implement this and you can still be fulfilled in life, mm-hmm. that's great. Right. If you can, you know, there's a um, time to financial intelligence whatever the i stands for calculator and it goes by your yearly living expenses times 25 and so the one person it was like it came out to a million dollars that's how much they needed to retire mm-hmm. okay you mentioned inflation which is real so inflation but then also if you take somebody who has crazy spending habits you tell them to work hard for five years and then they got a million dollars they may just go back into that crazy spending habit again what they going to do if they spend that million dollars in three years? They're going to have to go right back to work. So until you, like, change your mindset, it's not going to, you're not going to be able to implement, like, a true sound financial plan because. I think it's helpful before, like, taking, almost like before you take on the exercise, a new exercise diet or, or plan, mm-hmm. and then, like, you know, consult your doctor first. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things you not, you need to, like, take count of your life. Like, what yeah. do you want? Why are you doing this? What are you going to do with this extra mm-hmm. time? And I think that's a great thing to do. You still need to do it, but give it some thought before. Yeah. That, because it's a lifestyle change. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, one of the things, like, it was funny watching the wife, you know, one of the counselors, or I guess, I don't know what to call them, but advisors, he was just like, you know, you guys spend all this money on your luxury cars. You both have luxury cars. You don't need it. And this is how much you would save if you got rid of one of those cars. And the wife was just like, what? Why would we do that? You know what I mean? Like, you could tell she's very used to a certain lifestyle. And she just didn't, she really didn't want to give it up, in a sense. And I wonder, like, did she secretly not want to go along with everything? I I would also wonder that as well. Because she was just not, I was, I don't know, I was a little blown away by how, what? I don't know how confused she was how about giving away her car. Yeah. Her but he also said that they were spending 32% of their income on their home, their yeah. mortgage, or their home. I don't know if it was a mortgage because mm-hmm. they talked about buying a house. And I was like, 32%? Like, uh, that's a lot. That is a whole, to me, that's a whole lot. I don't know. But when, when I think that's about right. No, he said it's double what everybody else spent. Everyone else spent 16%. Oh, okay. Okay. So they were spending 32%, but you're also spending 32% to keep up with the Joneses. So um, another thing that I thought was pretty interesting, one of the people said you have to want something more than you want stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did like that ideology because 
the stuff we buy. Like, we have been trying to get rid of stuff <laughs> in this apartment and in storage and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't need you anymore. I don't know when I ever needed you. Like, why do I need 5,000 pens? Why do I need... I went through, um, a, like, a regular clear bin full of papers today as well as, like, a shopping tote bag full of papers. Mm. And all it took was me shredding them and letting them go. Like, why am I keeping all these papers? Mm. Why do I need it? I, when I was looking at, um, when I was going through the papers, I had, like, financial calendars from 2017. Tamika, why didn't you get rid of them December 2017? I may be. I mean, my mom, I'm pretty sure my mom is. So, and my dad too. My dad is, but... My dad is definitely a hoarder. I don't, you know, we don't... I know, but I'm... Listen, you gotta heal while you're young. (laughs) So, I'm like, I'm I'm working on it now. You're working on it now. But, I don't know, I I thought that was really dope. Uh, A great way to shift somebody's mindset. Is to, like, tell them, like, what they're doing. Like, you're spending all this money on clothes or materials or this BMW. I think the woman was driving, like, a BMW. Like, you're spending so much money on that... And you really don't need it. You I mean, it. I think the only thing is, like, I, I do feel like people have the right to spend whatever they want, you know? And and some people do have this idea that they want to drive a certain type of car, mm-hmm. live a certain kind of lifestyle, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, it's a choice, and it has yes. its pros and its cons, and its ups and, ups and downs. And if that's what will work for you, that's great. If you're in a position or you have the mindset where you want to retire early, that's also a, a you yeah. know another choice. And I feel like it's basically deciding what you want to give value to. You might have just said that. Is it but, is it bad? Because when you say like people have the right to want to do, I totally agree. Because I gave the example earlier of how we you know we shun or like down talk people who may be you know lower income when they splurge on themselves i believe in you know you just if you feel like you want it go ahead if i want to drive a bmw shouldn't should i or shouldn't i be ensuring that my finances bring in bmw money is that a logic or is that rude i had a friend who um lived with somebody and she had a pretty good position. And when she got a raise, she went and she got a BMW. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know how much she was saving as far as like if she was trying to buy a house or not. But she was just living, you know, with these people and they didn't charge her. I don't think they really, I think she might have paid like a bill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't, so I don't, and I don't think there's a should or a shouldn't to okay. it. You know, as long as you're not harming anybody, it's not like she was stealing their money. I think it's personal preference. Is that attractive to me? Like, if I was dating her, would that be a problem for me? Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Because you really just, you chilling. You hanging. And you're not really thinking about your life. You're not thinking about the, you know, the people didn't um, own their home. So, we're like, where are you going to live if something happens? Yeah. And are you saving the money or are you just enjoying a good amount of money that you make and just going on trips and having fun? I don't want that because I want security. Mm-hmm. And I want to be with somebody who's, like, what we're doing, who's going to take steps to get there. Regardless, like, yeah, when we met each other, we didn't start off that way. But we both have the same desire, so we're going and in a the year right and a half, direction. we did a whole lot. We really did. A whole lot. You know what I mean? And so, it's like, it, it depends on what you want. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I think that 
thinking about like the folks who I know, especially like college grads who I know, um, because I'm in a sorority. So like when I think about a lot of these folks, like a lot of folks are buying houses very like now. Um, a lot of folks are still renting. A lot of folks are still living with their parents. Like, there's a variation. And so I never want to set a tone like, oh, you need to be doing this. Mm -hmm. But I think that people deserve financial security and also financial freedom. And so, like, if you are driving a BMW, a new BMW, because there's some real classic BMWs people be driving out here. And I'm like, oh, that's a BMW? Didn't know they put the label right there. But anyway, um, <laughs> if you are driving a new BMW, I think that you deserve to put yourself in a position to also be financially free. I think, and I don't want to project in this negative way because for a long time, I didn't realize what I deserved when it came to my finances. However, I think that it's so important to like, not just drive the BMW, but to also have the BMW car parts money saved in your account because those things are expensive. So it's just like, I wish people, not wish people, I want people to be exposed to more, number one, talk about finances more. Um, and it seemed like in this documentary, like when he was sitting with like his friends or his brothers, whoever those guys were, they were talking about finances pretty freely. Mm -hmm. Still, nobody talked about like how much they were making or anything. But I think it's important to talk about finances with your friends and stuff, but also think financial freedom, not just like, can I afford this today? But if, you know, I got sick, can I afford this when I'm not working? Can I afford this, you know, when, you know, the dog gets sick or when I got to pay $3,000 for a transmission and all these things and all these parts of this car or something. So that's what I think. I about. think there's a lot that goes with that. Plus, I don't, I don't know that our, um, I don't know that our society is really set up for that. It's like most people are like one emergency, mm -hmm. um, away Absolutely. from, you know, like losing everything. And so I get what you're saying. I think it it would require responsibility and planning. It, it's not just something that's just going to just happen. You know, it's like people have to be prepared for it. And yeah. that's a choice. That's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. To really do that. Going back to the documentary, one of the very, like, I was, like, taken aback by. They spent, first of all, these were not even some big people. They were some, you know, small people. And they only had a one-year-old kid. And they spent two grand a month on food. Mm -hmm. I'm but like, we've been spending, like, $60 a week. They like, might just have looked like small-time people. No, but that's what he said. He said, he was like, we're not even big people. And we're, like, spending two grand oh, a month. Oh, you mean, like, weight-wise. Weight-wise. I meant weight-wise. That's what I meant. <laughs> I was trying not to say nothing offensive, but, you know, but I could see like when he was like fishing on some open water, it looked like he was like on a boat or something. Like you know, they were living a different kind of lifestyle, like maybe yachts and going out with friends and fancy restaurants and yeah. stuff like that and trips. And I mean, they had the money to do it. They just wasn't. They weren't saving any of yeah. it. So it seemed like they had nothing in savings and they just spent all the, which a lot of people do, whether yes. they make the amount of money that they made, like six, six figures or something like that, versus like people that's making 35000 do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a cultural thing. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. That's, that's like, you're well off and you're not saving. But and then you you don't you're you're below whatever the income level is and you're not saving. 
why because that that's a a cultural thing where people are are feeding some kind of need or desire and that's also going to take a mindset change i think that it depends because even when he talked to his dad his dad was like he was very conservative and he said like i wonder if that's where i get my anxiety around like my decision making with money from because his dad was very conservative he was like there we didn't the dad said we didn't have the credit cards and we weren't doing x y and z that dad got a big old house somewhere in the woods and like (laughs) you know so i i it's weird though because also the more money i make and i am by no means balling at all i just travel a lot so i have to also be strategic with my money um but i feel like the more i make the less i want to spend like i'm more tight with it now i'm like oh these night i just bought some shoes this weekend i was like hmm is there a discount on these hmm like do i really need these what's the like i had to weigh it out different goals too i think that plays a part we do i just i want to put the narrative out there that you don't have to and this you didn't say this at all but you don't have to be making a whole lot to be able to live comfortably and be financially free um and it, it does take planning it does take you know, a lot of breaking down the barriers to like how you were raised to think about finances and things like that. It takes a whole lot, but it's so doable. And I want people to be able to number one, talk about your finances because it's fun. And it's not even if you ain't got it, like I've set and made financial plans with people who in some months would just it's just in a negative. How do we get you out the negative? There's a way to do that. Like there is a way to do that. There is a way to plan. There is a way to figure it out. Um, and if you feel like you can't, then I'd be like, this is what you should do for extra income, you know, <laughs> um, to make sure that you're able to be financially free because it's, it's a different world to be able to do it. And we're also still learning. This documentary though was pretty good. The one thing I did want to um, mention was that they had support. Mm-hmm. So what does support look like and how does that play into the experiences? And they had support in the form of access to information, mm-hmm. um, and experts, and they had support from both of them had parents, um, parents and they went to with live homes. with their parents yeah yeah at a certain point and you know and she did mention the wife did mention you know we're we're lucky to have that yeah i think um one of the other things i was just i always think about communal living mm-hmm. and oh i gosh. like it is such a dream <sighs> it is or like a fantasy of mine to like group with a bunch of people who just have like the same mindset um to focus on living a different lifestyle it's like i get the current state of Mm -hmm. like our nation and just you know we're expecting a recession or things like that but i hope and believe like that we can join together like to really support each other and not in some kind of cult way yeah where it's around like you know some kind of religion or sexual fetish or anything like that (laughs) but just you know the idea that we want to live well and healthy and support one another and i feel like it can be done it can be done we haven't we i probably my one cousin would probably do it but i don't i may need different friends i don't know no i'm kidding i love my friends i love y'all if you're listening um but i do like the idea of doing it however the thing that I hear all the time is, I want my own space. I need my own space. I need my privacy. All those things, and not even just the privacy part, but people like, I need my own space. I'm thinking of this one specific friend who's probably going to listen to this and know I'm talking about them. But like, I that when they say that, I'm like, 
Wow, and you also can't pay your bills, but you need your own space. Needs and wants are very different when it looks it's, that way. Again, it's a mindset shift. I don't, I don't know. I would, I would like to do it though. I would like to, you know, buy something and have people, and not just friends, but like people who are like minded, who are not going to, you know, not the people who would try to stiff you out of a bill. But the people who know how important it is to do that. And I I mean, I had an ex who, her and her friends did it in Philly and in Chicago. They all lived together in Chicago. They all lived together in Philly. And like, what, this was the third place that she had ended up moving. Mm-hmm. Her friend bought a house. She moved in for a few months while she was looking for a house. Probably two months after she bought a house, her sister moved in. And her sister has been living there for like the last two years. So that's just like all of her money. She didn't get a mortgage and now everything is going to the mortgage. No, it's like I'm not doing this and just to say I have it. I'm going to make sure that this thing actually gets paid off and not. Hey, y'all. So, um. <laughs> Go ahead, tell her. We, I don't know. We fumbled the ball or something. No, nah, we learned that we can only record. 59 minutes and 59 seconds on Anchor. So our podcast, the stuff that we were, we were saying after whatever you heard prior. prior it's like an hour. Yeah. So it cut off. Yeah, so it cut off on us. So we are just telling y'all that, number one, we're sorry. We learned our lesson. Um, but just to kind of recap, we talked about the documentary that we watched. Um, and then we talked about like our situations with finances. We talked about what we do. All that fun stuff. We are super sorry because this is just going to be... It was definitely a fun episode and we'd like to do more like that. For sure. For sure. Um, This is also my first time editing, so um, (laughs) I'm really excited. But no. (laughs) Tamika edited most of this podcast. Tamika edited all the podcasts with assistance from (laughs) Shanae. There we go. It's fun. I like that we're both doing it. Yeah, no. It's cool. So we are working on more content for y'all. Um... We will be back hopefully in another week or so with another episode. Um, until then, make sure you catch up on everything. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. And drum roll, please. You didn't do it with me. Try it again. Drum roll, please. This chick plays like instruments. Like, I'm like, that was so much better than mine. But we do have a Facebook page now, which I'm really excited about. Our Facebook page has like 100 and something likes. And then our Instagram page has like 50 something. So if you're not following us on both, make sure you do so. Uh, we're working on content. As we said, I'm talking a lot. Babe, what you got to say? Check us out next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. We will talk to y'all soon. It started on the phone. You want to check the mics or no? I think they're good. Oh, that's stupid. Why not? It's touching the shirt. Why yours always better than mine? Just put it on there, babe. I have a titty. I have a titty titty. I just put on a better t shirt. Now, is that gonna bother you? No, as long as it don't move. I mean, you're supposed to have one t shirt. We did talk about that. I put on a t shirt. I have a t shirt. No, because I'm gonna lose energy and I don't feel like. You already lost it. Alright, let's keep it going then. Say something. Say something, I'm giving up on you. That sounds perfect. Sorry that I 
please stop. Your food is anywhere. I Tamika, I'm trying to focus. Well, follow you. You sound too serious. Hey, hey, ho. You call me a huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't look like you was like doing some like whip nene type stuff. So irking. Hey, Mika. I'm hey, excited baby. to be still doing episodes. I really am. Because, listen, I'm the one that be like, no, I give up. You can mm-hmm. do it. You can have it. It's me. Mm-hmm. I am she that wants to quit. But we're still here. So you want to quit? It's it's just like sometimes I feel overwhelmed. It's a lot. And I think, like, if I can keep going for, like, maybe six months, then it'll become, like, You're a regular yeah. thing. But it's it's a bit new for me to be doing. And I, in the back of my head... I want to stop this and start a YouTube channel, but that's really silly. And It is silly. It, um, it's very silly. But, yeah, that's why eventually I would like to merge everything together. But Yeah. That doesn't matter. We can do that. that. What are we talking about today? Oh, wait, that's too quick. It's too quick. It's like you got, like, it's like foreplay. You, you got to do foreplay. You need to warm up. Yeah, you got to do foreplay. How you doing today? <laughs> she don't care. You don't sound like you care I don't day. like, I hate when people say to me, how are you doing today? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You are a grump. <laughs> you, why, why are you sad? Let's I'm talk about that. I'm not sad. Oh. I'd rather, you know, what's been on your mind today? That's a better question for Oh, me. ask me that question. Go ahead. I did. What's no. been on your mind today, Mika? <laughs> I, I like that. Ask me that. What's been on my mind today? Mansplaining. Okay. And me and my coworker came up with the word mansplanation today. Mansplanation. And we were trying to figure <laughs> out, which is really mansplaining. Right. Um, but we were like, she was like, is it mansplanation or mansplanation? I was like, no. <laughs> like, we had this whole, like, walk to CVS. It was really funny and great. Um, but just the way, like, um, I'm encountering a male who will say things about equity, but then still will mansplain. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting when someone's like, yeah, you know, race matters, but so does gender, because your maleness is showing, you cis heterosexual male, girl. So that's what's on my mind. Girl. Um, yeah, girl, I had to do that. And also, um, it's another thing, but it's more so work-related, is like how do I make sure that I'm constantly growing? Because I'm not really challenged. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have folks who, um, you know, call me out on my things or call me into conversation or, you know, give me critical feedback and things like that. So I'm constantly trying to ask myself, like, how do I make sure I'm actually growing? Because I like growth and it don't scare me. But if no one ever tells me, you know, hey, Tamika, you could improve on this, your email etiquette, or not email etiquette, because I'm, listen, (laughs) My emails be lit. But something of that sort. Like, I don't... How do I know if I'm growing? So, right. I think that's another thing that's, like, constantly on my mind um, at work. So, yeah. That's interesting. Wait, what was the question you asked me? Because I forgot it. You want to ask me, but yes. you can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> the question was, what was on your mind today? Okay. What's been on your mind today? Shanae, what's been on your mind today? Yo, so... Yo. A while back... <laughs> you mad Philly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in my element right now. I'm so comfortable. <laughs> Y'all, I just fried me some chicken about half an hour ago, <laughs> but I decided we should do this podcast first before I eat my chicken, so yes. I'm, I'm excited. That's my reward in a little bit. It's some TV and this chicken, and I got the best blue cheese you ever had in a little bit. But anyway, so um, a little while ago, mm-hmm. maybe about a month, I was looking for a church home. Yeah. And my thing with churches, I have went to a church when I was first coming out in Philly, it was like Presbyterian now. Okay. And I, I spent a good amount, like a day or so online. Are black people Pes- Pescatarian? Pescatarian? 
That's for fish. I know, I know, I know. Hesperterian. <laughs> with a B in there somewhere. I don't know nothing other than Baptist. <laughs> is much more, it's kind of like um, Puritan in a way. They sing hymns. Mm. And it's conservative, but also can be very liberal. Gotcha. So, um, I think the technical term is affirming. Okay. So, mo- the, the, the challenge was most of the churches that I was finding before is like they were affirming, meaning like they might have a gay flag. Gay flag. A gay flag. <laughs> that was you. A gay flag. I was the flag. <laughs> they might have a gay flag like on the church. Yeah. Um, but then they're predominantly white. Yeah. And so it's like you lose culture when you're accepted in a sense yeah. sometimes. So, I want that balance. But anyhow, needless to say... I was looking again, and in my Google search popped up the two Rebeccas. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is how I found about the two Rebeccas. So the two Rebeccas are two women in the 1800s who were black um, in Philadelphia, and they were associated with African-American Methodist Church, which which the first one was here in Philly. But um, one of them, the main one, she was a preacher. And they had, in some ways, broken off, not really, but kind of really, yeah, um, from that major denomination because preaching, you know, females preaching wasn't, you know, a huge thing. That's kind of frowned upon mm-hmm. um, sometimes, even in today. So anyhow, um, they were basically doing communal living in Philly and in New York. They traveled back and forth yeah. a couple times and settled there. And I was really in love with this story. So I was thinking about it today. Yeah. And that's what my mind was on. Um, and... Like, real talk, I am still hungry for some kind of spiritual community. I won't say Christian, um, but I'll say a spiritual community. Yeah. People that I can just talk about God with or whatever. I feel like I've, like, low-key, like, given up. Yeah. Like, it was important to me for a long time. And, I mean, also, me and Shanae, we always talk, like, I was raised Baptist. We didn't need to know every scripture, blah, blah. We need to know how to perform, in a sense. Um, but I loved my church because it was very much so like community and like feeling and touch your neighbor and like, you know, it what did feel like, yeah, like, like it felt like that. So I think that, and we were just talking about maybe creating like some type of study group or something. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the insecurity lies where I, when I don't know scripture. So it's very like interesting that our experiences were different, but in my Baptist church, they make me quote no scripture. Yeah, I think the main, like, when you say giving up, I think, like, that's why I keep thinking about it. Yeah. Because in my mind, I I want to either create or find a group yeah. of people that are just in touch with that. And, like, it's funny how, like, when I would grow up, like, in the Bible, some of the scriptures would be, like, you know, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I'm like, I want to know the God of the two Rebecca's. <laughs> Can I meet that They God? were pretty cool, though. Right. But then also, when we were reading about it, they went to New York, but they left New York because it wasn't affirming either. Right. In Not terms completely. of race. Yeah. yeah, in terms of race. Right. And so they left, and then they came back years later to that same place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really, I'm glad you found it, because at some point we're, about to, we're going to explore that church, we're going yeah. to explore the area. And I'm really it's excited It's in about South that. Philly, I know that. Yeah. Um, we drove by it. Yeah, we did drive by it. Drove by it a few weeks ago. So I think, um, I forget what else I was going to say, but to me it doesn't, like, I would even be fine with talking with somebody who's Hindu. It's really about community and spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, a bunch of scriptures that yeah. we all have to abide by. It's just, I want to talk about something with a group of people. Yeah. You know? And I want to stay on topic, of course. I want to just talk about anything. 
What you? That was a dig. I mean, y'all, y'all see how she? Be I wasn't me? even talking. I'm kidding. I'm Girl, kidding. Babe. Your face you changed hurt my so heart. hard. You did. I'm so. I was because I've been doing good today. You today was real good. <laughs> today was a good day. <laughs> we talked like twice because I was busy, but it's fine. Um, you, you know, that. I was no, on my relationship skills today. So Word. let me alone. I'm proud of you. Though. I'm in my mood. Let me. I'm be. proud of you. Nah, for real. I, I definitely want to continue to talk about that. Um, I hope we don't lose none of y'all because we're talking about religion. But, I mean, you could be gay and religious or, or spiritual. Say whatever you want. You could be spiritual if you want. Um, so, today, we are talking about... We haven't titled it yet. So, it'll be fun <laughs> when the title actually comes out. But we're talking about the idea that you are raised to believe that success looks one way. Right. That you need to conform to what... It, Back in the 60s, 50s, 60s, it probably was you were either blue collar or you were corporate or you were a teacher, you know, or you were in the medical field. Like it was these very strict guidelines on what success looks like. However, as we are very consciously, you know, discovering what we want to do, what our happiness looks like, it doesn't fall in the lines of nine to five. So how do you navigate that? Um, And I think it's a fun conversation because it scares a whole lot of people. If I'm like, hey. What if you left your corporate job one day? They'd be like, what? What do you mean? I, that's structure. Oh my or gosh. you'll meet people like I met that are like, man, I want to leave my corporate job. Mm-hmm. I see that you're, you know, not doing such and such right now. You know, how you, what do you think about yeah. doing something different? But I think it's important to know, like, it's not just, it's bigger than like what we were raised to think. It's like a societal expectation. All right. When you say society, are you talking about American or in general? Because different cultures have very different beliefs. I know that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that American is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I would stick there. Um, I ain't mentioned no other places. No, I'm just just saying, (laughs) when you say society, I just wanted to bring it down a little bit. Because I think you can... I don't know about... I don't know too much about a whole bunch of other societies. I think places like the UK, maybe Australia, some of the... What the technical term might be? European? European places. Um... It might cross over, but no, I'm definitely talking about Americans. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just saying, my main thing is, I guess what I want to start off with is is how much of it is an illusion. Okay? And just let me paint a picture. <laughs> Go ahead. Like, you, you were talking about the, the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Or, the, yeah, 50s the 50s and 60s. I made it up right? too. I don't even know if that was real. No, that's up. right. You okay. know, that's get out of high school, get a job. Some people who's getting degrees then. Get mm-hmm. a stable job or you pick a trade. You buy a house, you get married, you have kids. You stay at that same job. And the same house, and the same house, yeah, you don't go nowhere. And you raise your kids, you do have you, you do expect to have community, like that's a part of it, mm-hmm. and know the same people, um, for years, and that's life. And it's almost guaranteed that if you do things in that order, you probably, and I think in some senses for black people too, like I don't know how much of a division that was, like what that expectation would do, but like even growing up, the idea was if you get a college degree, you'll have everything that you need mm-hmm. and you'll get a job that will sustain you to buy a house and a yeah. car. And we know that the economy is not that way. My problem or the thing that irritates me is that not everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And so some people are still pushing these expectations on, on their peers for the most part. And sometimes boomers on, you know, on yeah. millennials. But it's annoying. And not everybody knows that. And it's not even just people who don't who don't have enough to buy a house. It's people that have enough to buy a house and they still don't know. Like, in within the past month, I met two people without degrees who thought that they should be getting a degree. Even though they're able to sustain themselves financially. Just, just want a degree just to have it. And I'm like, for what, man? What is it going to do for you? 
you know, unless you really know how to use it. Yeah. I think aside, so my stance is I am pro-college. Mm-hmm. I'm also pro no stuff before you go to college so somebody else is paying. I'm, I'm also pro not paying for college because mm-hmm. our last episode, I talked, I'm 100K in. Um, also, side note, I met with um, someone who graduated from my alma mater and they were like, you got 100K from this school? I was <laughs> like, listen, I paid everything on my own. I always had to pay right. my rent type stuff. It was a whole lot. And I also took out money for shopping because ain't nobody teach me nothing. <laughs> but I'm saying, listen, those refund wow. checks was real. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm pro-college, but I'm also pro-happiness. Mm-hmm. And I found, like, I'm in a sorority. I am pretty active on my alma mater's campus. And I find so many young professionals unhappy. Yeah. And that's what gets to me. It's that part. Not that they went to college. Is that you didn't even find happiness in the lies that people told you. <laughs> to go to college, get a job, and you'll be set. You'll be set. They didn't tell you about a $900 student loan payment when your rent is $900. Like, they didn't tell you those things. They didn't tell you how do you navigate when you can't pay back your student loans. They didn't tell you, um, you know, you don't have to. A lot of times, right after college, what happened was, and I did the same thing, and I talked about it last episode, I got my degree, and I bought a new car. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell me that since if you messed up your credit in college, that new car was going to cost you triple time. Or So I think that's where I get hung up because I am pro-college. I think that the experience and the immersion immersion, into a college campus is beneficial. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to go into crazy debt to do it. I don't think you need to go from 12th grade right to college. I believe in gap year experiences. Um, I also think that you need to learn how to make people pay for it. Like I met a girl who got her... um, her master's degree in four years, it was like a bachelor's and master's five-year program from Drexel, and she ain't pay a dime. That's what you need to be doing. There are so many programs out there, but nobody will tell you that part. They make student debt or student loan debt a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where, like, and I mean, I know people who got their degree, and they only got, what, 50000 20-something thousand in student loan debt. Great. But they're still not at a job where it's sustainable. And I think that's the, and so when I talk to some of my friends, they're like, oh, I'm working. Oh, I got to work overtime this weekend. And all of these, like this way of living that was, you know, told to them as a fairy tale. And it sucks. It really does suck. Because the hap- to me, the happiness is like, I used to always say my happiness is paramount. And that's just, it is what it is. That's it. If I'm not happy at a job, I'm deucing. Unless I find a way to make that job work for me. But, <laughs> like, those types of things, they don't tell us that. No one tells us how to leave a job, how to, you know, create What do you wealth. say to some of, like, mainly the ones I know are, like, boomers who are, like, you know, why somebody got to tell you everything? You know, it's not their job to tell you. Oh, yeah. It's not their job to present it as, as truth or or anything. And I think... I don't know if that's a big thing with our generation. Like, do we expect we expect people to no. be honest, or um, but they weren't honest. That's the thing. They weren't. But the the thing is, is yeah. like the people telling us things. No, they weren't honest. But also, there's so much of an illusion and, and confusion that like peers don't even know the truth. So you might get somebody that's a peer that's like pressuring you to live a certain lifestyle that's not even realistic. You know what I mean? Or or people mainly on social media that that are like portraying a certain lifestyle that that's not really there mm-hmm. so it's like i feel like we're in this day and age where you what you see is not what you get yeah. and and it's 
It's weird. I think those are two different things. Like people on social media showing you a lifestyle, that's different than your parents or your mentors telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. I think there's a bit of a difference there. But also at our age, we are still millennials. You could, and I'm saying millennials who who have had who have had access to things. You should know discernment if you want to go religious, but you also should know how to decipher the BS that you see. I think, but to me, it's a little bit more than that. Also, wait, wait, wait. Also, I think that if I am, so on my, like, social media, you'll see me traveling all the time. I'll be like, oh, trip here, trip there, da da I also talk about how I pay off my debt. I also talk about how, like, number one, I travel a lot for work. They pay for it. And I'm very honest. And so I think that the, going back to the social media, I think that you have a responsibility. If you put yourself in a certain, um bracket of hey this person is not if Tamika is knowledgeable Tamika has a responsibility to tell me the full truth and so I think that's where we lose some things because everybody ain't I don't think honest. any I, I think there's a lot of people not telling the truth mm-hmm. mentors parents people on social media and corporations which is when you know capitalism comes in mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of um truth that's being left out yeah in a lot of different places and so it's creating an idea and a picture that something is accessible or the end that something is necessary. Like also like how when you were talking about people working all the time, like the whole idea is, you know, work is supposed to be hard and frustration. I mean, frustrating and unhappy and you're supposed to keep doing it. Like there's not a lot of people <laughs> thinking Listen. like, you know, who's, who's out here saying that work is supposed to be fun and enjoyable. I think mean, that's something that in our generation, <laughs> yeah, we're saying it because we care about our mental health, but that's not, I don't think that's the uh It the hasn't been idea. put out there. I don't I think my my perspective is a little different. And this is a little bit off topic, but when I met my mentor at like 16, that's when a lot of my self-work started. So I'm pushing 30. So that means 14 years of me discovering and learning and exploring looks a lot different than people who may be introduced to an idea now. That's what I'm trying to say. Trying to make that decipher. So sometimes I don't always connect with the idea that somebody is telling you something and you got to believe it. Like, I just, I hate that. Like, and also, like, I, I said it a few episodes ago when I was in grad school and everybody was telling me, go into higher ed, you'll be great. That was some of the most traumatizing years of my life from grad school to freaking two years into the professional field. And so... I wonder, what do you need? And I think this is a different angle. What do you need to be able to create something that works for you? Is I think, it, go ahead. I think there's, um, one is to be able to, to know yourself first. And I yeah. think, like, you, you have to know you because we in this in this area or this, this era. era of society where it's like everybody's going to tell you something. Everybody's painting a different picture of what yeah. is wonderful and what is success. When I say you have to know you, you have to know your own skills. <laughs> like, what are you good at? Just personally. Somebody can tell you what you're good at, but you got to know for yourself. And I think that's where the confidence comes in. It's like, how are you going to be confident if you don't really know yourself? You got to know what you want. Like, we talked about that. Knowing what makes you happy. But then you also have to be able to decipher and discern. Um, and then you have to be able to understand finances. I don't understand like how you would ever be able to have this conversation if you didn't understand have a, a basic how do you do it though? of the economy. You gotta read and be well informed. I think but also I think another part to that is know your learning style. 
if you That's learn, a part of it. If you learn from people, don't be afraid to ask. If you learn from Google, make sure you do your due diligence and look up their references. Like, if I right. go to that first, you know, article, make sure I'm looking at their references. If you learn from movies or documentaries, make sure you're watching a few. So, like, no, I think it starts with knowing how you learn. And if I am a person who I love another person's story, but I'm afraid to ask because, you know, childhood I was told not to ask questions, do that self-work. So, like, I think almost everywhere you start, you'll probably find another place where you need to build first. Well, it's a, to me, this is like, we're talking about life, and it encompasses mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Oh, yeah. Um knowing things about the media i want to add that in like no you ain't you ain't social media no i'm just saying like not just social media there's social media and then there's the news media yeah and then you got you know huge corporations or like what billionaires do and how they handle their money and pay taxes and how there's you know like you don't you may not always know the truth about like something might be presented to you about you know being a billionaire and how they pay their taxes mm-hmm. whether or not you know how many of them are actually paying their taxes yeah things like that that's not always the information is not always at face value. Oh yeah, and, you know, and it does take. I don't. Even though I feel like I'm well informed and I try to stay up to date on all the information, I'm sure I'm being lied to on some kind of on some level somewhere because it would take a lot more energy. I think you would have to be fact checking everything and everybody. And for me, that goes back to spirituality. Like I need to have a center or something that's keeping me grounded. Yeah. Um, rather than if so, one of the points. One of the things I'm really trying to say is, like, if you're out here trying to do what everybody else is doing and just live what you see on a billboard, that's going to have you messed up. Yeah. Because we're not, the environment that we live in, it's not, it's so, it's such an illusion. <laughs> like Why do you whisper illusion? She's like, such an illusion. I don't like it. And, and I, I think it's ridiculous. And the one thing that I appreciate about you is that I, on the surface, live this very, like, like, I, when we first met, I would always say, like, people think... I can tell people about my depression, about my anxiety, mm-hmm. about my repo, about all that. And they still paint this picture of me like I am, like, God's <laughs> gift to the world. And when I used to say that, you'd be like, nah, 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 you do that. And then, like, <laughs> we did a podcast episode talking about some of our issues. And someone was like, y'all are great. And I was like, we yeah. told you. We... So sometimes it's knowing that centering matters. You need to know who you are because right. somebody could tell you, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm traveling and it looks like my career is going well. I was just passed up for a job 2 weeks ago." Yeah. You know, like and maybe I didn't post about it, but I'm not afraid to well, say thank it. Thank God you grounded in reality. Yeah, I, I, I am, but it also it takes me knowing my I think it goes back to my learning style. Like I learn from talking to people. So when I was passed up from that job, like I talk, I told my friends, and um, this came from um, probably a year ago when I was applying for a doctoral program that I did not get into. I was waitlisted and didn't get it into. Um, I had called up a mentor, and I was like, this is what it is. And she's like, wait, does your friends know you're applying to this? I was like, no. She's like, how are people supposed to give you, like, good energy if they don't even know what's happening? And I was like, you're right. And so for me, I, I talk about my shortcomings as well as my blessings. But I also know that, like, when people are telling me something, you got to believe what people are saying. And one of the other things that I always say is that I'm afraid to be famous because it's hard. Like, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm, I'm hella regular, regular, like, I'm a regular person. And I tell people I have depression and anxiety. I wrote a whole journal saying, after a car accident, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I'm- and people still 
make it seem as if if I have a work a bad day, it's the worst thing in the world. It's hard. It's also hard to try to tell people the truth when they still will make a truth that's not even your reality. Because they living in an illusion. They are living in an illusion, but like I think for for folks like if you are unhappy where you are currently. Do that self-work and that self-assessment. Don't look at what your mom told you about college and then you da 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 I'm, I'm also a problem solver, so um, take this for face value in a sense because I'm be like, fix it. But <laughs> um, I think it's a matter of like looking within yourself and saying, like, what do you want? And for me, it all comes down to happiness. If I'm doing something that don't make me happy, done. Yeah. And that's hella millennial of me, but I don't care. If I do not like what I'm doing... I will not do it. I'm stubborn in that hella millennial way, and I also was a spoiled child. So you just got a two-time whammy, and I'm not going to make excuses for it. So that's another. Thank I'm, you for yeah. your rant, Tamika Austin. You know what? <laughs> Why you got to say my last name? Do I say your last name? All right. I can beep it out. No, just you don't have to. Down, man. People know who I People know who I am. No, I'm kidding. I'm not saying it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Bitch, you better beat that out. <laughs> you can't say that word. I be trying to put our podcast out as clean, but if you cuss, then I have to pull it explicit. Shanae, if you don't believe, <laughs> people will judge you for calling me a girl. Like, people don't like that. It's a personal joke. But I also didn't like it on the train. Smart for when can we ever do a podcast and an argument podcast? All right, anyway. fine. <laughs> so what you think? Um, now that we done talked a good 25, 20 minutes. Um, what's the name of this episode? So that way we can stay on topic because I know us. We'll be all over the place and I've been trying to bring us back. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate you. What does it look like to live a life where you can wake up and be okay and be proud of and no superficial shit like you go to a job that's like none of that. Like what what does the personal look like? I think like the way I like the way you just started it off and it sounded like you know what does an authentic authentic life look like mm-hmm. like what's an authentic life in a uh a fake ass world because now we cussing in this one <laughs> hashtag fake a word no you believe in that when i said the b word you believe in that there out. was a cuss before that oh dang who did it me yep dang it i don't even know but yeah i'm trying <laughs> you gotta bleep it out and then it'll be fine <laughs> Oh, if I put bleeps, then it's not explicit? Mm-hmm. Is that true? I don't know. I'm, I don't do this podcast stuff. I could edit this one. I could try it. You know okay. how to do it. I got my little notes. But no, like, what does it look like to wake up and be okay with who you are? And, like, this is also taking into account people's mental health, people's health in general, because it's not just mental health, their health in general, and their day-to-day, like... It takes centering. That, well, you said what it does. But how like. do you center? Like, you got to start somewhere. You can't just say center. I think... Now, let me ask you this. All mm-hmm. right. What are you rooted in? Don't wait... Think before you, because mm-hmm. you always got fast answer. But it's like you a hole. Shut up. <laughs> um, what like think about it? Like, what are you rooted in? Some people, some people might say religion. Some people mm-hmm. might say spirituality. We're not talking about you yet. Some people might say their education or their heritage. You a big heritage person. You might mm-hmm. say that. But no. You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to think of some more before you start talking, cause. It's taking a whole lot. All right, go ahead. I'm rooted in me. What the hell is that? No, wait, no, listen. Because when you said heritage, like, I'm all for black folks, black excellence, black, a whole lot of things. Yeah. But as a black woman, I am put on this, you are black and strong, and that's the only way you can present to the world. So I let that go a long time ago. Mm -hmm. 
So I can't just say I'm rooted in my blackness or I'm rooted in my heritage without being rooted in me first because I need to know what it looks like to be able to say, you know what, I'm a part of 10 villages, today I can't be a part of none. Or I'm a, I'm a strong black woman and I don't get, I'm not gonna put nobody before me. So like that, that is the, that's my center. My center and my core that's is so me. And I don't make apologies for it because sometimes we think that taking care of yourself is selfish. It's not, no, I don't do no bubble baths. I don't do no like, oh my gosh, I need to go to Target Can to make myself feel better. Bubble baths. But people do. I was also I just reread my book um like two days yesterday on the train. I just reread my book, so that was in my book. Um, but I don't do those things, those like um programmatic or um let me take a bubble bath so I can put it on Instagram things. I do what I need for me in that day to allow me to be better tomorrow. And it sounds very like oh my gosh, you're just like saying that. No, would I take you, care of myself. Would you say you're rooted in the exploration of yourself? No, I'm just rooted in me. What is and that? like, I don't have to, I don't have to explore what I like. I know my likes and my dislikes. I didn't say that though. What's the exploration of me? What does that like, even mean? I kind of, now, <laughs> don't nobody judge me because I don't, I don't have a long ass um, explanation yeah. like you do. And, and that, that's like, real. I don't know if I could put it in, like I do feel like I'm rooted in something, but I can't put it into words. I would say I'm rooted in the exploration of me. I mm-hmm. I can't define myself in one moment or like even in a book. I can't. I just, I can't. I think yeah. it's too much. You know what I mean? But I'm committed to exploring me and like the inside of me, the exterior, my body, my sexuality, my race, my heritage, my family, my spirituality. I'm, I'm committed to exploring all of those things because, and I have to leave it at that. It can't be definitive. And let's just put your thing on I did already. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't. No, that's fine. All right. So hold on. Say something. Say something. I'm giving up on you. All right. Thank you for that, Tamika. <laughs> you like my singing. I do. That don't mean everybody else like it though. It's things I do you that you asshole. like. No, I'm not. That's rude. That was that rude. You always you said in front of my family that you like my singing. You ain't gotta say nothing about nothing else about nobody else. I do Stop like trying to play me, and we ain't putting this in. I'm not trying to play you. I I'm do like you. your singing. This shit I do that I know everybody so else. So what we gonna like do it. is you to like figure it. it out and put a cut in. We are going to no acknowledge what I said. What? Just wasn't listening. Say something. You like things about me that everybody else don't like? It's for me and you. Everybody like you. <laughs> that was so old. Man, I put my hands together like that. Oh, pop, 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 pop. Anywho, so... Tamika's phone rang. We trying to bring it back. <laughs> I know, because... I got lost. And I don't even know the number that called me, so that makes me even more upset. Um, Anyhow... Spiritual baths are great. I took one today, and you're going to stop bringing it up in these podcasts. No, I am. I am, because it doesn't speak to everybody. And sometimes, sometimes, depending on who you watch, when we talk about the information that you get from other people, they will highlight. Do these very, like, check mark things for yourself. Yes, And if you are starting at a certain point, you may take that for face value. Can I just mention the other side of it? Because that is one polarity. Right? Ooh, polarity. Tamika. Mm. <laughs> you too much. I'm just saying, the other side of it is, no, I don't do it on a schedule. I do it when I feel it. It was like, oh, wow, I'm home. I'm alone. 
I feel good. Shit, you know, I need you to also are so stuff. different from a whole lot of other so people. So what? So let people experience my difference. You gotta let me talk for them to do that. Baby, baby, baby. I'm just saying, there's, there's, there's two sides of every coin, and you have to be willing to explore those things. I'm, I'm okay with that, and I'm also going to speak from my experiences because I think that's what's important. You're so great. My experience and other people's experience too. No, and I, it doesn't, it does not discount. Could you acknowledge the other experience? Yes, you said your point two and three times already. No, you're not letting me bring it back. Bring it back. You can't even dance. You don't know that. No, you can't. Yes, I can. I can dance. You would get kicked out of a party if you tried to dance. To me, good. I can dance for you, and that's all that matters. So hush your mouth, okay? Jesus, damn, Zaddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anywho, we're going to break back in. You like my spiritual bass? I do. The thing is also noting that I love the way you take care of yourself. I do. And I let you know, like, when you need a quiet moment, you are not afraid to go take your quiet moment. When you need a moment of processing, when you come back, you come back and you say it. Like, okay, so this. Like, you are able to, you do, you take care of yourself in a way that does not seem like a routine or this, like, check mark. And I think that, that's what I'm trying to and say. And it doesn't Just mean that, as, that everybody has to do it. Yeah, it doesn't mean that. I think that sometimes when people start out, it becomes a check mark mm-hmm. of let me take a bath, let me grab my wine, and let me do this for myself. I don't think I've ever done that. I, you may not have, but you also mentally different. So, <laughs> and not in a bad way, but it's the same thing as me talking about starting my self work, you know, at 16. And that's yeah. 14 years of it. Everybody does not have that. And I want to strongly acknowledge that. And I understand it. Sometimes, though, with social media, we highlight these things that are very, like, performative, not programmatic, performative. Mm-hmm. And I want people to think about themselves as not a performance at all. Yeah. Of when you know that your job is taking too much, especially when they take and it does not equal your pay, that you take a goddamn day off with no apologies. Don't care who, what workplace bully going to try you. You're going to do what you need to do. And when you do it enough, it becomes an expectation. Right. Like yesterday, I took the afternoon off after training. I was like, mm, this is what I'm doing. And I'm not, it's not to say that everybody can do the same thing. It's to say that when you start to do stuff for yourself, it becomes less of a performance. And it's just because you, you care and you real center authenticity. yourself. Authenticity is like, I'm not ruled by a bunch of laws or rules. I'm mm-hmm. ruled by what's authentic, what's inside. Oh, I agree. What's actual and factual. I agree. And I think that just to kind of give this a bit of a, a shape is looking at like, how do you go from somebody told me to go to college, somebody to, or start the workforce because everybody ain't out here going to college. Somebody told me to start somewhere. And they gave me this idea of what my finishing point would look like, but I'm 25, I'm 24, and it doesn't look like nothing of what they said. I think it could be, now, it could be a 50-year-old, you know, Agreed. that did their family business for mm-hmm. years, and then they don't really feel like they have themselves. To me, that goes, for me, that goes back to exploration, and I have had to do that multiple that. times for multiple reasons, and I think there was this one point where I felt like I was just sitting in a room all day all the time or like after work all the time doing nothing and I was sad and it was Mm -hmm. this was like right before I came out and it was like why am I so depressed and I was like mentally I was like you know what I'm gonna give myself a year trying something different and then I'm gonna kill myself and that just sounds like really crazy kill like like die but like what can we pause there that's too much so no, no 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 it's not too much at all it's your experience so 
can you talk a bit more about like the mental health aspect and how I that felt actually like, impacted you? I felt like I had done everything that I thought I could yes. in life. That's in real. all the ways that I thought that I could. And then I realized how unhappy I was and it wasn't I was the picture of what I was supposed to be for the most part. Like mm-hmm. maybe there was might have been like another ten percent of things I could have did differently. But for the most part I was doing exactly what I was expected to do. Mm-hmm. And it just it wasn't enough. It wasn't fulfilling mm-hmm. and it was I felt numb. And there was no happiness and there was no joy. So I was like, Okay, well, I don't wanna kill myself because, you know, that's a lot. I felt like I wanted to die. And I think some of the information that I read about suicide is like people don't actually want to kill themselves. They just want the pain to stop. They want whatever is happening to stop. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try these things. I'm going to make some changes and then we'll see. what. But mentally, I told myself, okay, a year should be a good enough time for me to see some differences. And I think like, I think I'm a bit detached from the topic of like suicide or not really depression, but suicide because... I don't know. That's a long story. And, I, and we I'm will get into it. We will you know get into it. Because I, I'm, I mean, this is new for me. I never heard this before. I don't either. talk about it because it worked. <laughs> Which I know. I mean, I I get how off putting that might sound, but and it's it, like, go ahead. I don't know, but I think that a lot of people come to moments, and not, no, not everybody talks about it, especially not publicly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we all come to moments where life is just overwhelming and too much. And you have to decide to do something different. And when you're talking about, like, how do you find this or that, to, for me, a lot of times it's somebody going through excruciating pain to make changes, and that's how they get to a different point. But if so, like, for example, when you're talking about work, well, no, you're not just going to up and leave your job if it's going well. The only reason you can make those big changes is if something is going terrible, you know, typically, if it's not going right. Typically. Unless you can see it. Some people can see it coming, I guess. You know. Or you leave your job just for seeking advancement. So, like, there, there's other sides to it. But I I appreciate you sharing that because there may be people listening to this who are at their breaking point or who are at that, like, that point of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try it. If it don't work, then this is, this is what I'm deciding. And so I think it's important in those moments to be able to say, like, what did I do and was it... Sometimes I... Making a change may be like, you know, everybody told me that I I should always learn. So they read stuff. They read what people do when they don't like their jobs and then that's it. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would say to people is maybe try something different outside of that. So if your normal way or your, t- not normal, your typical way of learning is reading, try audio. If your typical way of, is audio, try, you know, a TED Talk. If your typical way is not talking to people, try it, but be intentional about the people you talk to. And so I think that when you incorporate something a little bit different, yeah. with less of a, it has to work, but I'm doing something different, and that's the important part, I think that may give you a bit more, you know, um reason or purpose for what you're trying or what you're doing well let me ask you this because i think the interesting thing about you and knowing you is you come off very fundamental or logical but you i also see you use like intuition how much how much does intuition or how much has intuition played into you going through a process like that 
Because what you're saying hey, is here. basically, you know, those are mm-hmm. like when I first at the when I very first started, I was thinking therapy and I had already done that and it lasted for a little while and then I went and I started reading about cognitive behavioral therapy and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna like do it on myself. So what like what do you think about that? I think in terms of intuition, it's I use my spirituality as my intuition. And so I don't always call I don't always name it the same. And so it sounds very superficial, but like when that job didn't happen for me recently, I just talked to you about this and I on my drive home today. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, yeah, I didn't get the job, but it did not align for me with feelings. Like when I know how God speaks to me or whatever higher being you want to call it. I know that they speak to me through, and I said they, not he or she. I said they. <laughs> um, but I know that they speak to me through, number one, people, but the feeling and the energy that I have going into something. Right. If those things don't align, something is off. But when you're being helped to get out of a, when you're being helped to change, mm-hmm. or, or not when you're being helped, but like when you're changing, like what has intuition helped you? Or It helped me to think twice about what people tell me. Like, I don't go towards, like, if I call you and you're like, and I tell you this, like, you know, I'm going through this, and you're like, you should do this. Mm-hmm. When you say you should, yeah. oh, did you say my same prayer last night? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, how are you telling me what I should be doing? And right. so, even when I coach people on different things, I say, have you thought about this? Yeah. And so, the way people talk to me, because I know that, like, the gods, the spirits, whomever, speak to me through people. I have to be very cognizant of what people say to me and the words they use. It doesn't mean that they're getting it wrong. It means that I have to, if someone says should to me, or I want you to, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the flip side of that is, Tamika, have you thought about? Yeah. Would you consider? When someone says, would you consider, my ears perk up, and like like a little dog, like, you know, like, you if they have me. pretty ears, that would be me. I'd be like, oh, would I consider it? <laughs> no, I won't? Okay, cool. Like, you know, like, I, That's exploration. I get into that. I, I really do get into it. And because I'm a person who, um, years ago, when I first started college and everything, like, I was very mindful of seeking out mentorship and seeking out people, and that was one phase of my life. And now, in this phase where I am... I seek people out still, but I make sure that I'm not going to them first. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I always say go to God first, people second. Because I need to know that I didn't just go to people for solution. Because their solution may not have no type of ordained anything anywhere in there. And it doesn't. It just has what they thought about today, right? What they thought about in that 30 minutes of a conversation with me. Um, so I think that's where I am, like, overall with it. I have to make sure that... I'm listening, I'm feeling the energy from people, but I'm not just going with what everybody says for me. And it's hard. It is, number All of the stuff that we're talking about tonight, is, it's not easy. It is hard. It takes time. It takes knowing yourself, exploring yourself, trusting yourself. Especially if my favorite person, let's say my mom, my favorite person, or my mom and my sister are my favorite person. Mom, don't take offense. You were I'm touching up, it. Oh, sorry. You I'm just mess, like... I'm, I'm messing up my mic. I'm sorry. Um, my mom and my sister are my favorite people. So let's say like my two favorite people in the whole wide world. They tell me something. If I'm not censored, I may go with what they said. Right. If I am able to take a step back, I will take into consideration what they said. And so I think that a lot of this has to start with who you are and how you view people's input. I'm in a lot of groups on like when we go back to social media because I think it's very important. 
when we go back to like let's say Facebook, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, and people will put like, "Hey, I'm in this bind. I'm in this really bad issue. Da, 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 help me, help me, help me." Um, and people are mean. They'll be like, "Why you do that?" Da, da, da. A person who is considering if this is life or death for them, or a person who is considering is this if this is their start or stop, that's harmful. And so it's just like, what will you take from what people say? I can make a, I made a post on Facebook so random yesterday about like hazing or something. And people were like, well, you think this? I'm like, I never said that. And so I'm not taking what people say to me for face value. And that is, again, it is not easy. Well, I asked you, I mean, I, I asked you about the intuition because I, again, you're interesting because you, I think on the exterior like people that don't know you extremely well you come off as like a very logical intellectual type of person <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome hush <laughs> write me in a book next to um malcolm x no i'm kidding oh he was great he was i love him but and he was he another was. one that did some exploring like i i'm so like did, feeling that to, um, the, that right when yeah. he went israel it wasn't it wasn't iran no, I'm but it was a Muslim speaking. He went to the Mecca. Mecca, yep. He did the Mecca journey. Right. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know, cause I don't want to get on the tangent. Of okay, I, ahead, I like Malcolm X too, but okay. it's too much. We can record twice in one day. <laughs> anyway, I just, I think there is a balance in what we're talking about, and sometimes, mm-hmm. and it, this is definitely not to criticize you at all. I want to bring out. Oh no, I'm pretty dope. You can't criticize. I want to bring out both sides Mm -hmm. of who you are because I can see both sides and I get to experience both sides. And I think sometimes when you talk, people may not hear it. You know what I mean? And I think it's and you don't always push it. I appreciate that. You don't push it. I mean, because at you just tell them, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm still human, right? So I'm still conditioned by all the societal BS of be great, and so it's like I have to pull it out of my own self to be authentic right it's not first That's nature good. say you that again i like that like you don't i don't just get to be like hey i'm depressed how are you you know like, <laughs> it's like what? hey i'm tamika austin i'm the owner of this i'm the author of this i'm this right. this, this like you don't i have to be intentional about it and i'm only intentional because i had experiences where people weren't intentional about it and it's not always easy and so i do appreciate when you like you know, you call me into conversations to say, well, what would you say to this person at this point? Because you're talking at Z and somebody else may be at B. Well, it takes, to me, that. it takes both because even me too. Like, like I said, I went straight to cognitive behavioral therapy and I had like exercises and things like mm-hmm. that. It, it was very um, rigid in a way. And even that can be seen as religious in the, in the sense that you're doing something just because it's a, a concept or yes. fundamental. Um, and then at some point, I think the main thing that I started focusing on, I forget where I read it or saw it, it could have been a tweet, it could have been anything, but it was like, you know, what do you want to do? And I just started thinking about that all the time. And it would be like every moment or any moment I could be like, you know, sad or down or whatever or frustrated. And it would just, well, what do you really want to do right now? And I think it, that's a good question to it, ask people. It was phenomenal. And then like in a lot of ways I want to get back to doing that because there can not that I'm depressed now, but it's like I've that really put me on a um just a different path to start mm-hmm. doing that. Cause at one point it was like like I said, I wasn't out at the time and it was like, well, what do you want to do? And it was like, Well, I wanna I wanna be around more women. I wanna date women. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then years later she found <laughs> me. Ho, ho, ho. No, I'm kidding. But it was I mean, and I there's a 
there's a complete difference to the way I live my life now than the way I did then. And, yeah. like, I can literally feel it, and it's just from... But, see, that's authenticity. You know what I mean? That's what it is. It's, like, doing what's what you're passionate about, what's really And you know what I would do? I would start with, and this is also, and I'm totally plugging my journal right now. Um, <laughs> Self-publishing journal is called You Are Enough. It takes you through um, some different prompts for writing. But I would start with who are you? Mm-hmm. Just because that's hard. I was thinking that earlier. It is hard for when people. When I said, and I, like, mm-hmm. I want you to keep going, but like when I was like, you know, what are you rooted in? And you said, I'm rooted in me. And I was thinking about that thing. Well, who the hell is me? Like, you know what I mean? And you keep going. It's like that, like, if you, like, find some social media thing and it's like, if you say yes to this, no to this, or da, 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 like, if you say these different there's words. There's a flow chart out there? There's flow charts for a lot of things. We can make one. Let's make one. Who's um, already one? <laughs> no, I'm saying for, like, different scenarios. Not this, because they don't like oh, okay. asking you that question, because they don't give a shit on that's, the day to day. That's dope. We they don't give a <laughs> on the day to day. <laughs> but, no, like, if you start with, who are you? Yeah. And if you don't tie yourself to relationships, don't say you know by a daughter. We know that. That's how you got here. They don't know. Don't that's say, the wrong answer. Though, but no, I'm, I, t- I tell people that. And I, I did this with my job recently. Okay. I had to lead a team builder. And I said, who do, I, I don't know. I said, what's important to you outside of your relationships? Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll go towards relationships. But I would start with who are you? And then your question, too. I would go with that. Mm. What was your question? What do you want to do? Yes. You go there to there, you got a whole lot of self work there, right? And right. if you because can, even like some people will say um, their name, I am Brian. I am Tamika. <laughs> we know, we know you, Tamika. Who are you? But I think it's hard to know, like, what is the question really asking? And it is to me the answer is what is the essence of who you are? It's subjective, though. It's so That's subjective. true. And it's it's so subjective. The funny thing is, it's so subjective that most people will go towards relationships. Which don't even make it subjective. Because if everybody's going there, it's no longer I'm subjective. I'm nobody's mom. Right? Like, you know, like, don't say I'm nobody mom, I'm nobody kid, I'm nobody friend, I'm nobody mentor. None of that. Who What's are the right you? answer, Mika? The right answer is the shit that you say after you think about it. No, give so me an example me, of who you are. So for me, right I'm, I'm a black woman. I am queer. I am intellectual. I am kind. I'm giving. I am intentional. I am a philanthropist. I like those Can types I say of things. I am exploration. That's so deep that you would never get to the end of it. But I that's the point. That's all no, that's no, everything no, no, that no, I said. No, no, there no, no, is no. no end. It's but here's the thing. Saying I'm explorational is so in a sense superficial that it won't give you the meat of who you are today. Because if I say who are you and you say explorational and I say what do you want to do? What you gonna say? I'm, I want to explore. Yes, that's what I'm gonna say. What you gonna explore? And that is me. What you gonna explore? Do you even know who you with? That is me. But here's the thing, babe. What are you going to it's explore? Everything. How? All of me to the ends of the earth. All right, now leave me alone. I shouldn't even see, ask you. See, see, see. Like, no, see, I'm going to say leave me alone because you're not going to be satisfied with my answer. No, 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 no. I'm okay with it. It's, it's about self-discovery. You are okay there with it. There is no end. It's infinite. You are okay with it. Will your okay make you happy? I think so. You that's kind of asking, you know, like, well, if there is no end to exploring yourself, will you be happy? Mm-mm. It's about the journey. Girl, that's so easy. 
It's easy to say. To me, how you gonna give me a grade? You don't get to grade my paper. My and, so here's the thing. This I is a very. This is a. But here's the thing, babe. This is a very clear depiction of what happens. It's what happens when you find a life coach. Maybe depending on your life coach, it's what happens when you may go to therapy. It's what happens when you may talk to your elder or what have you. They start to say, "Well, how you gonna do that?" They do the same thing I just did, which is wrong, right? Yes, so <laughs> you said wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> say you sorry. I I am not sorry because um, I just proved the point. But <laughs> no, like it's the same thing that people will generally do. It's like, well, that's that's broad. How you gonna find that? But, but I do feel safe in that definition of myself. If you feel safe in it, baby, it's beautiful. Okay, thank you. It's not about that. It's about what the times in which we go to people and they give us so much, so much information, so much, so many, so many things to think about that we don't really get to explore who we are. And so, like, I'm about to go on a, a freaking spiel, rant, whatever you want to call it, but. I think it's very important when you are choosing people to be your life coach, when you're choosing people to be your mentor, when you're choosing people to be a sponsor. If you're in higher ed, you know what that is. Or if you're not, you may still know what it is. When you're choosing people to be in your life and um, supporters of you, it's very important that you learn to take what you need and leave what you don't. Mm-hmm. If I, if, In this podcast, 20 minutes, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? leave it if in two minutes we summarize what you needed for that day in that time in that space that you're in take it mm-hmm. but we're not taught to do that we're taught if you if you listen to a ted talk that's the way you're supposed to go out in life you're supposed to go out and do everything they did no i remember um and i told you this like last year when i presented to some folks and i told them i can't tell you what to do i made space and time for them to explore on their own and most of them could not and when i got my reviews back it was like she spent all this time talking about herself she ain't do this she ain't do that i told you what i did in the beginning and then i told you how you could implement something i think and you're great I'm start I don't know I am. all i'm saying is i think sometimes people in that situation, they might need to be baby. Even in what we're talking about. It's not Just about hold being... On, hold on now. <laughs> because people can't always conceptualize, and I really want to focus on that word, conceptualize what you're saying. Like, their their mind is not open to the idea of what you're saying, and it's so big, it's such a big picture and broad that they cannot conceptualize it. So we made it what? What do you do? You got you got to bring it down to earth. You got to you got to teach them principles cuz to me most things are built on principles and that's that's the fundamental part and that's that's the bottom line of it. The bo- so here's the thing. It's not about I don't think it's necessarily teaching principles cuz then you go back into education or you go back into somebody teaching right, you how right. to do everything. Can it be who are you? What do you want to do? What's the principle of that? What's the figuring principle? shit out on your own? No, not- no, no, no. I'm just saying there's a, a a definition, a concrete definition about what you're saying. You're talking about authenticity. You're talking about identity, and people may not know. I'm. I love you. You're smart, but people may not. Why are you trying to pacify me? Why are you? I'm not trying me because I don't want you to think that I'm trying to. I'm saying that sometimes concepts and ideas, like you. Wait. Can I just pause this. Can you pause this? Act as if we will cut some of this out. Why? And then go into it. Because I don't mind what you're saying. I don't want you to be like, I love you. Every five seconds, I love you. You did that twice and I didn't like it. 
Because I want you. You want to let me talk. No, I'm, I'm going to let you talk. I'm, I'm trying to make sure you let me talk. No, I don't mind what you're saying. I really okay. don't. And so I want you to be able to actually say it without having to. I know you, and I live with you. You are all about, like, big ideas, big concepts, and bringing them into the physical. And you do it nonstop. The rest of the world does not live like that. A lot of people do not live like that. So when you I present, think a lot of people, not the rest of the world, but go ahead. A lot of people don't. There's, okay. Of course, there's some people that do it, right? Because we do this just for fun. And mm-hmm. it sounds crazy sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're talking to a group of people, they may not, they may not be there. And if I understand If that. they're the people that are on social media, you know, just wanting to live a life that they've seen on the billboard, that's, that's a far, you know, gap between something that you're talking about and sometimes people need time to bring in what you're saying. And I'm not saying that's your job. I'm not saying that you should do it differently. I'm just saying... Why are you rolling in next Mind your business. I'm just saying <laughs> that sometimes that's the problem. And I... Because, you're you're, because you are a great teacher and you do do it all the time, it would be helpful if you knew where people are starting. And Here's sometimes, like, sometimes when you say stuff, I just want to translate what you're saying on the podcast, you know, so other people are hearing it. I hear that, but if you're doing your due diligence, and this is not some holier-than-thou type of thing. That's not how I ever approach anybody. And that's not how I ever approach mentorship, the presentations I do, anything. Sometimes people will give you a setting. They don't have to give you everything. If you go into a situation looking for everything, that eliminates the work that you may have to do or the place where you and may why have is the to work, start. I don't know the answer, but why is the work good? The work is good because you get to interpret, reinterpret whatever you need to do in that moment to make it fit your life. I was going to say that's a part of the process sometimes. It is. And, oh, wait. Pause. 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 pause no, because I was pause, talking. Pause. Because... Say you Crickets. Crick, crick, crick. Stop trying to dance. You can only dance with me, Daddy. Babe, oh I don't want to cut that out. Stop it. No, but go ahead, go ahead, baby. Go ahead. I'm just when I said the process, I'm I'm saying that if you ever take in any type of idea, and this is with school, this is a fundamental thing with learning anything. You don't have it until you can live it out. You can't just read a book. And say you know everything in the book. Mm -hmm. You have to practice it. And then what we're talking about, you have to process it. You have to to live out the process. And if you don't ever go through the process, you ain't going to never get the end of it. Oh, no, I agree. And that's what I was going to say is trust the process. (laughs) So many people are out here skipping the process that they are feeding such false information. And I think that is where we started with this, like, episode is, like, you have to understand that, like, people will give your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your god sister, your stepsister, whomever, not just women, but whomever may give you information and they may be skipping the process and you don't deserve that. And so you have to be able to take a step back from whatever the heck they said and say, this is what it means for me. Take what you need, leave what you don't. Can I say how my mom would say it? My Mm -hmm. mom and my grandma, they say, eat the meat and spit out the bones. That's what they say. And bones may look different from 
a whole lot of people. Yo, so. I seen an old person eat some chicken bones. My, I mean, my cousin used to eat chicken bones. I'm just saying, life. some people just <laughs> devoured a whole chicken. That's my not what we talking about, though. You gotta no, I'm saying, let some of it go. I mean, see, like, legit, let some of it go. You don't have to listen. She cracking herself up. No. You, don't, <laughs> you don't have to listen to what everybody is saying, but at the end of the day, it's like, what are you centered in? Yeah. Who are you? What do you want? Come on, man. Those are I like three. That. Listen, sis, who you are you? What do you want? What do you want? Hey. <laughs> she breathes. I think anyway. it's time for chicken. Come on. No, no, no. But for real, though, I think that we need to be able to establish that individually and then take it back as a collective. Because if you, we love, I love, everything is about your intersections. So as a black queer woman, who is a Christian, who is, you know, educated by society standards, there's a lot that when I enter a room or I enter a space, I take with me. Yeah. And if I am not centered on who I am and I'm just trying to show up as a black woman for black women, and or if I'm just trying to show up as a part of somebody's village for their, you know, any, any type of thing, I get invited to a whole lot of things as a village participant. That may take a lot on the person I'm talking to, presenting to in that moment, and it... It's just a lot. And so from what I would like, and this is also what I want you to think about, it's like from this episode, and this may be a part two. If y'all want it to be a part two, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know. Um, But I want folks to know that who you are, who you describe yourself as matters. Mm -hmm. What you want to do. So if we go into the whole, you know, theme we've been doing is who are you? Answer yourself that question. If it gets hard, it's okay to seek support. If you sought support via Google, try audio. If you try to, you just did audio on a podcast, try a TED Talk. Or if, you know, in person, whatever you need, try that. Who are you? The next question is to ask, what do you want? And then the third one, I really forgot. But I think that it was very important <laughs> You too. said it a little while ago. I did so say it a little while ago. So I'm going to try to like get it back in here. But I think those things are important just for your foundation of, like, where do you start in this journey? And at the end of the journey, my hope is really that you think of yourself, like, you think of your life as happiness. Not as the capitalistic-ish that we indulge in every other day, but really your happiness and what makes, and what fuels you to go into your 9 to 5. What fuels you to go into your 9 to 5 and then... Your like entrepreneurship journey, or just what fuels you to go into your entrepreneurship journey, whatever route you're taking, I really hope that you answer those questions. Two and a half, because I don't remember the third one, but the two and a half. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think? Um, I love that. I'm not gonna rehash that because that's that's definitely something to think about. Like, I like how we we finally went into like we defined the the podcast as we were going, and that yeah. felt really good. Um, I want to go back and a little because I think we're coming up on the end um, of this episode, but I wanted to go back and just talk a little bit more about depression because I know we both like experienced it. Yeah. Um, and we still experience it. It's not it does not go away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I don't want to start there, but I I do have things like I kind of know when I'm hitting that wall, mm-hmm. and I know when it's coming. Know when you're hitting the wall. You know, and I just try to. It's like okay, let me go get all my supports, any supports that I know I have. I'm gonna bring them all out all at once mm-hmm. to try to catch myself um, to swing it in another direction. And it's not that it's bad. It's usually a signal that some for me 
that something needs to change. Like, just talking about earlier, I needed to change a lot of things. And I think that's why it was so heavy at the time. And the reward was great. It was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. A lot of work. Um, so, yeah. What do you... And this is... I know we're getting towards the end. Um, and I didn't say the disclaimer earlier. Please um, ignore our pipes that are going. We, <laughs> we live in a pretty older apartment building, so it is what it is. But anyway... Um, what are some things that have worked for you with your depression? Um, what, like, just spiel them off. Like, what has worked? What has not even worked because worked is subjective, but helped. I think that, like, I'll start off with some of the things like mentioned that you mentioned. Um, from my own perspective, knowing me, mm-hmm. I've always been some kind of into spirituality. So it was, it was. I don't know, it was normal that I kind of, like, used some of it. I will say there was a time when Christianity did not help at all. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like I came full circle because, like, now it's like I'm still looking for that community and a, yeah. a community of believers. So it wasn't like it was off, but because it didn't really seem to be mixing with my sexuality, it was like that's where I hit a wall with um, with using that. So I would say mm-hmm. up until the, that point, I had always used spirituality to help myself with um, dealing with emotional challenges. So at that point, it just it was like I wasn't going to use that because I couldn't figure out the um, the balance between my, my sexuality and spirituality, which that was a whole other part of the journey. But um, journaling, of course. Mm-hmm. I love journaling. And I like journaling about concepts and foundations. I don't... I don't. Yeah. I have never. Start journals. I can never read them. <laughs> like they, I think they it looks like a code, but they are. It's like a code, but break. I don't sit there in a journal like today. Sally, you know, ate my sandwich and I'm mad. I don't write that because that's crazy to me. I might think now. I will sit there and think. Oh, okay. Well, why am I upset? This is why I'm upset. And you know, let's say it's like you know, some chick said something that like hurt me to my core. Mm-hmm. I might know what that is, and then I might say, well, what, where did that come from? And but when the moment I get to the concept or the theme of the issue, it's like, oh, it's criticism. Then I might journal about criticism, and then I'll read about criticism. I'll listen to things about criticism, and then I'll begin to... When it gets to analyzation, that might be too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take a break. But um, it's like... One of the things that I've done is been able to learn a lot about different concepts and, and theories or truths, if you will, or philosophies is because when I want to get to the concept. I want to get to the foundation of something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just know that so-and-so hurt my feelings. I have to know that when she said that and then this other person said that and then this person said that, what that did to me and you would always say, how does that connect to your childhood? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, but to me, that's what I mean about concepts. It's not about the individual person. It's about how are you able to deal with that theme in your mm-hmm. life and where are you growing up in that theme? Because that's going to lead to boundaries and then that's some other shit. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I think that's always, I still do that. And I like, that helps because by now, you know, when if somebody, if I woke up to somebody else and they start talking to me about that subject, I already know how I feel about that because yeah. I'm going through that process. I think we do need, we will, and we do, and we we do need, <laughs> and we will 
do a segment on mental health because I yeah. think that what you said was very important and it's not that we're brushing over it. Yeah, wanted, that's why I wanted to come back to it. Yeah, and I, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, some things that's worked for me with my mental health, um, I learned how I process. I process out loud. And so I talk very openly. I talked, not talk, I talk currently. <laughs> I talk very openly with like my friends and my mentors about my mental health. When they ask me how I'm doing, I don't just say, I'm good, I'm fine, thanks for asking. I go a bit deeper because I know that that's important for me. And everybody does not give me exactly what I need, and I've recognized that from the get-go. However, I am a person who does that. I also write in my journal. I am the person who says, Sally ate my salad, and I'm like, why (laughs) you eat my salad? Why you do that to me? I didn't know that. Um, I mean, it hasn't happened in a while, but I'm that person. That's where I started with journaling. Um, I also am a person who likes to watch YouTube videos about other people's experiences because it makes me feel less alone. Um, and I know that I need to feel less alone. Mm-hmm. And so if I if there's a Facebook group, um, a Twitter thread that I could read, something like that, I, I do um, like search things on Twitter or I will literally search things on YouTube and try to watch people's experiences because for me, that's I learn through other people and I know that about myself. So I think it's important to le- know how you learn right. and it may help you with seeking different types of information, different mediums of information. Um, another thing is that I'm becoming more open with, um, even though I wrote a, bit of a book about it in 2018, um, it's talking to my mom about my mental health um, because my mom has shared with me some things that have been very helpful. Um, and I don't want to go into like some crazy details because I think this <laughs> episode means that we need to do another one yeah um on mental health in particular like how we discovered it and things like that so we will do that uh pretty soon and it will likely be the next one so that folks don't feel like you just gave me information now what yeah. um so we will likely do another one i wanted but, to add like when you were talking about um talking to other people like you're also you have what's necessary to do that like something not everybody can yes, do that I agree. you have really good boundaries and a good understanding of like yourself i guess i want to say like where you start and another person begins mm-hmm. because some people when they like talk to multiple people they begin to take on all of the, yes. the energy or ideas and identities of everybody else Absolutely. and then they merge with them and that so it's like what you were doing wasn't harming you and I think that's a big part of like going through that journey is because sometimes you can run into the wrong people and then it's harmful. But and it's like, to add to that, if people tell you information that you don't agree with, how do you decipher that? Right. That has been that's a huge thing. So basically, this tells us we got more to talk about. <laughs> um, and I think it's been good. Like I appreciate being able to like talk about social media or talk about people's experiences. Um, because we're all trying to figure this out. We're not like, oh, because I post about a flight or a train ride, which we recently did, and we'll talk about too. But <laughs> we recently did a train ride, but like not not living up to this, like, you know, I got to be this type of person or travel this type of way or have this type of job to be able to share informa- information. I think it, we can all learn from each other. And I think that's the beauty um, and some of the things that may be missing. However, we're about to wrap it up because Shanae want to eat her chicken. So, <laughs> let's go. Eat your chicken, sis. Deuces. We love y'all, man. We really, we really this. And we also appreciate feedback. So, if you listen to this and you hear something, hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page now, um, which has more likes than our Instagram. So, like, let's, let's get us... 
there. Let, let, you know, let's get us matching and things like that. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at I Hear You Podcast. Um, our email being Tamika T A M I K A at gmail.com. We use it because we did not want to create a new one. So <laughs> bear with us. We both have access to it. We both check in. So if you have a question, <laughs> so if you have a question for Shanae, you can do that. Like things like that is fine. Um, but please contact us, reach out to us, what was helpful, what wasn't. Um, we definitely are open to your feedback because we do want to keep this going. Shanae wants to be in it six months from now, so let's help her get there, <laughs> sis. Uh, but yeah, it's been real. It's been definitely real. Word. Peace out, y'all. Peace.